It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to LoveSportRadio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I've been joined by Last Word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand, and very, very special guest in the studio, Katrina Law from the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust. Katrina, what a pleasure it is to meet you, firstly. Do you know what? I'm absolutely overwhelmed to be in a booth with Darren from EastEnders. I'll be it's honest. just awesome. I've, no, I've never said that on here. You've just outed me. So, that. so I'm not quite sure if I'm that glad you're in the studio now. But Should listen. I just slope out the back door? Yeah, if there was one, go for it. Yeah, Lovely. but you're here to stay for two hours. I'm really glad Ricky invited you now. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> but uh, it is that time of the week, Thursday, 7 o'clock on Love Sport Radio. It can only mean one thing. It's last word on Spurs. I do look Your forward to it. Week, Mate, yeah. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. And there is so much to talk about because the Premier League season did kick off. We got mm. the three points against Aston Villa. I got the win, a vital win to start the season. For a little bit of that time, might have looked like it might have not been that way. This show could have been very different. We're going to be unpacking all the details from the game. Val uh, made an appearance. We're going to be looking to what is a super clash this weekend against Man City. It may only be the second game of the Premier League season, but it already feels a very vital game early doors. We're going to be talking about that. And of course, Spurs are in the Champions League. The draw is made later this month. And it has been, shall I say, a little bit of a ticket fiasco. We're going to be talking about that. Maybe whether Katrina will put me right or wrongly, if that's the right word to use. But there's been a a few little uh, hiccups with the tickets. So we're going to be talking about that. But let's, of course, start at the very top. The game with Aston Villa, it was a slow start. Got the three points. I know Jamie was at the game. Ricky, I'm not sure about yourself. What did you think of the game as a whole? I'd be honest with Spurs, we didn't play that particularly well 70 minutes. And to be fair, Ericsson came on and completely mm-hmm. changed the game. Um, 
very, very strange performance. I, mean, I think Villa, Villa played really well. I've got to give credit yeah. to Aston Villa. They came out um, really well structured across the midfield defensively. I mean, to be fair, Tyrone, you know, it means he was he was incredible. He was like Virgil Van Dijk <laughs> up to seventy minutes. He, he was really marshalling in the mm. back four. And to be fair, you know, Spurs they got their breakthrough in Dembele with a debut goal, mm. and of course, you know, Eriksen's introduction. Like I said, I think it completely changed it. You know, I play that to be fair myself. I hold my hands up. I was very critical of Ericsson. I wasn't too mm. sure if he'd be in the right frame of mind to play, if he was committed. But, you know, for Spurs, I think if there's an opportunity to try and keep him and mm. try and, you know, work him around alongside Lachelso, who I'm really excited about, then, of course, I want Ericsson to stay. And, you know, just important to get the three points, to be honest with you, Chaz. Mm. Very important. Jamie, do you agree? Yeah, no, I think um, to start off with, we kind of played into their hands a bit because I think it feels though like we were trying something new out, a new formation where it was all quite central. Um, and I think we were very easy to like keep uh, keep track of, um, especially the the forwards. So um, I think that when that kind of changed, and obviously Ericsson coming on um, later on, that 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 was the big uh, difference, and kind of allowed Kane more space. And obviously we saw what he did when he was given more space. I think and Dombele and Sissoko were a lot more um, effective in the middle. Um, and of course, as we as we said, and I'm sure we'll talk more about Christian Eriksson. I mean, he was fantastic, and obviously. Um, with the whole contract situation at the moment, um, yeah, it just shows that we, you know, we need a positive outcome from that for Spurs. Yeah, we definitely addressed the Christian Eriksen situation. But Katrina, the new season did kick off. Spurs got their three points. Does it really matter how good or bad the performance was? Because when you're starting a new season, it's just about the three points, ain't it? Kind of agree with you. I think this this performance will very quickly be forgotten, mm-hmm. but the three points will still stay on the table. So, essentially, you're absolutely right. But I think as Spurs fans, we always want to be entertained and we expect the team to play yep. at a certain level. I think they dipped off from that level in the league at the end of last season. So, it would have been nice to have come out, you know, come out the traps, like all guns blazing, yeah. mm. really got into that first half. We were a bit lacklustre, to mm. be honest. My mind was wandering to my Beaver Town <laughs> or my Amstel at <laughs> half-time, I'll be honest with you. Um, so, yes, so it was a, a great relief to see how well we played in that second half. We have picked mm. up the tempo before Ericsson came on as well, but yeah. undoubtedly he did really turn the game. And I've been super critical of him. I was one of the ones who was laughing when he couldn't get it past the first man again <laughs> on the set piece and uh, hadn't been too impressed with his two penalty yeah. misses in pre-season. But fair play to him, came on, knuckled down, got on mm. with it. Change the game for us. Well, you mentioned there then your first concern was what drink you was having at half-time. <laughs> Is that because there was genuinely never a worry at that point in the game that you weren't going to come back at some point? I, I'll be honest with you, I mean, up to 70 minutes, I, was, I, mean, I was particularly worried. Mm. I'll be honest, because Villa were playing really well. They were yeah. full of confidence. Um, there was no real sign that Spurs were, although there was a certain some pressure, you know, with Tottenham, you can never be 100% sure they're going to get the result. I mean, of course, on paper, you look at the two teams, you know, although you're bringing in Ndombele, who's, to me, is going to be, I think, end up one of the best players in the in the Premier League I'm, I'm mm. confident on that you can never be too sure that you're going to get the result I mean the Premier League is such an unforgiving league I mean I'll give you an example I did not expect Brighton to go and beat Watford yeah. the way they did yeah, I know, so yeah. I don't think you can take any result yeah, surprise at the weekend yeah, really wasn't it I yeah. think that was so that kind of tells you that you can never ever assume what, not, not the West Ham result that wasn't a surprise oh. <laughs> silly me Katrina back. seven minutes in <laughs> unbelievable form I thought we were safe while Lee was away but there you go <laughs> no, well let's not. talk about the game then because it's always tricky in football where where do you give the credit and who do you sort of not give the credit to because a lot of people saying Aston Villa played great you know they they really put up a fight in their first performance but if I'm being honest and I don't want to do a disservice to Aston Villa because they did play well I felt it was more that just Tottenham were a bit lacklustre they weren't at the races they mm. weren't sharp and when they found another gear Aston Villa just couldn't really live with them in that last 20. Yeah spot on 
absolutely right. Now, my mind, Checks in the post. My, <laughs> my mind was wandering towards the beer, not because I thought we were going to win it, just because we were offering very little and mm. I wasn't being entertained and there wasn't an awful lot going on on the pitch. But that isn't to take anything away from Villa. They were highly organised. They'd mm. obviously come in with a game plan. And I think looking at that performance, they'll probably be all right this season. Yeah. So mm. let's not take anything away from them. But we, we're, look, we're Champions League finalists. We're consistent top four finishers. We should be beating Villa at home. Yeah. 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 Well, the thing with Villa is it's not a disservice. I think they did play well, but I think that Tottenham played their part in Villa playing well as well. I think Tottenham yeah. needed the Don't Tottenham we know of last season and the last few seasons you said consistently top four there that wasn't them on Saturday but Aston Villa they can do things let's talk a little bit about uh, players in the game because obviously there's been a lot made not Ericsson Vertonghen wasn't even in the match day squad a healthy mm. scratch wasn't in the manager's plans what's the reasoning behind this? They they did say that in the reports it was um, from the, I think it was from the Times they said that um, he'd come back from pre-season and it was to do with fitness and I think that we all know that Maurizio Pochettino demands very very high fitness obviously the way we play um, and, and he must have come back and he just wasn't at that level I think um, some games during pre-season he, he did look maybe a bit off the pace um, I think uh, another I think uh, Lee, our own Lee McQueen was saying that it might have been to do with him resting um, to have a fight at the back for City now for me if you can't play two games in the space of seven days, then you know your fitness. There is an issue with your fitness anyway. So it does sound like it was an issue with fitness. I think we were quite concerned that maybe it was contract issue, but I don't think that I don't think that's an issue. Well, that is a big worry because Spurs are in Europe. You could be playing three games in six days. So if you can't play two games in a <laughs> oh, week, yeah. I'm slightly worried. Yeah. Yeah. I think Pochettino though, he's one of those managers that he will look if he can to make a statement. We saw mm. it last yeah. season with Alderweireld where he left him out and Rose out, and then introduced them both for the Man United game. So he's not a afraid of ruffling feathers no matter how big the player is at the football club and Vertonghen you know <laughs> the funny thing about it was Kat, if you saw he was wearing glasses in the stands on Saturday so he clearly didn't want to show any emotion at all throughout yeah. the game I'll be absolutely stunned if he's not in this City team the weekend I will be absolutely stunned because you go in there really already from no match day squad to starting I'll be, I'll yeah. be amazed if he's not in that in yeah. 11 you Wouldn't agree you with that Jamie same, yeah, would, yeah. Would, you and Kat, would you not be surprised I would be had the lever on the seat just oh, completely just, gone. Cats just dropped six foot. I almost sat on the floor. Uh, now I'd be massively, massively surprised. You're just causing these... chaos. We're <laughs> ten minutes in. I'm absolutely <laughs> dreading it that this is a two-hour show. Oh, it's going to be amazing. I, I want to go back to the days when they swapped it at an hour, three different co-hosts, because this is panicking me. I'm not going to lie. Come this on, is Dad. like the first arm of Spurs performance. It's, it's all fine, honestly. Can you hear me from down here? Yeah, we can hear you. Um, look, I, I, I think he will play Vertonghen on Saturday. Obviously, mm. I was super shocked that he wasn't in that squad though yeah. I, I really was yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think you should be leaving out one of your best players for the opening game mm. but there you go look all of it's conjecture we're not in that dressing room mm. no. we're not inside Pochettino's head we don't know what's going on unfortunately mm. yeah. I quite like it though when he does make a statement and you still go and get the win when, you, when you're, you're as strong you. as a team as that and you've got as much depth and you can leave out a player and you still go and get the win what does that say about how Spurs have progressed over the last few years yeah can I be honest with you Chess? my biggest concern was that we've seen it with Spurs before that issues away from the pitch could have a massive effect on them mm. and I was just pleased we got the result because to be fair if we didn't get the result a lot of it would have been the fact that Vertonghen wasn't playing why yeah. wasn't he playing it's Pochettino's fault and then we got the result and it kind of makes the situation a bit it, do, it doesn't bring it much headlines that's the most important thing and like I said Pochettino he's not afraid to make a statement in terms of leaving mm. big players out he's done it before he will do it again it's maybe a subtle reminder you know he's the boss and you have to be at a certain level you know he does drill these players hard we know pre-season the way he does 
you know, train the squad. That's why Spurs get so many late goals. You look yeah. at Tottenham's late goals under his reign, yeah. they get the amount they do because of just how hard the players have to work. And you've got to buy into that philosophy. It doesn't matter if you're young or if you're an older member of the squad, you have to work equally as hard to justify your place. And he said it as well, you know, Davinson and Toby were deserving of their places and Jan has to work harder. Well, talking of late goals, you said that they're uh, used to getting some late goals and late winners. Harry Kane, he uh, got the winners in the end. Finally got his first goals at the new stadium. Uh, it was always going to be the way. He got one, he got his second. Yeah, uh, I think um, it was especially the second one was just class, really, because I think it was the, the Brilliant touch finish. that he sets himself up and then the way he just places it into the corner is just like typical Harry Kane. So, yeah, it was it was really great to, to see him finally get off the mark. I think that will give him big confidence boost. I mean, for any player, I think, you know, getting off getting off the, the mark's always big. So hopefully we can see more from him in August now. Um, I think, again, I, I feel as though there was an issue. There's always kind of been a slight issue with him and Mora playing together. Mm. I think we've covered that before. Um, so I think when, when Mora was like moved into a different position, Kane was gave, given more space to do what he wants. And, and, and when he um, had that time, he was, he was fantastic. So. How important is it that Harry Kane plays 38 games in a Premier League season and stays fit? <laughs> My initial instinct is to say vastly important mm. because you look at him and he's an incredible player and I think that too often we, even us as Spurs fans, yeah. don't appreciate what we're watching and he's, he's a fantastic goal scorer. However, we have proven that we can win games without him and I think in this day and age you need to be able to mix it up a bit. So I don't think we should be that worried if he doesn't have to miss some games, but I'd obviously like him to play them. And I was so pleased for him on Saturday because he'd obviously dreamt about that moment, about scoring in front of the big single tier end, the south stand. He dreamt about that. And you could tell he was so thrilled. Mm. And we were thrilled for him. I think it's played on his mind in previous games. Maybe. He's trying to force that moment. I want to ask you, Freena, as three non-Spurs fans, how... Hard is it as football fans to keep your feet on the ground because you know we know in the transfer window we we broke our transfer record we want more we want a marquee player we need more signings we're it's never enough you win on Saturday you get the three points Kat you said earlier I want to be entertained I want the flowing football but yet we got the three points why is it can we never just on a level and then when we obviously lose we can pick it apart then but there's always just something it's all it's all football fans by the way it's all sport fans it's just never enough we always want this little bit more we can't you know it is a new season you know mm. we're harking back well we're Champions League finals we should be blowing Aston Villa away well they've spent over 100 million they're up for it it's their first game we just we're always looking at something else aren't we yeah. but I don't think that we should have to apologise for being ambitious mm. and I yeah, think as Spurs fans as football fans it's our duty to keep our board ambitious as well and let them know what we expect now speaking like someone who is on the Tottenham Hall supporters (laughs) trust thank you (laughs) Um, look those expectations need to be realistic as well there's only so Mm. many trophies you can win every season and we haven't managed to get one of those for quite a while but I think fans have every right to be ambitious and to want some success and we need to see progression from season to season as does Pochettino otherwise he'll be out the door so you know his project continues Uh, so I don't apologise for wanting more than I had last year that that's I think that's fairly normal yeah. plus at this start of the season I fully believe Tottenham can win the league I believe it every single year otherwise I wouldn't bother paying for my season ticket like I literally do every year there you have it Spurs we believe they... Oscar after this weekend <laughs> <laughs> we believe Spurs are going to win the league after the break we'll be looking at the new boys love sports 
You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Last Word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand and Katrina Law from the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust. Great to have you in the studio. We are talking, of course, the Aston Villa game. We spoke about the game a little bit. Now let's talk about the new boy, the record transfer signing. Got the equaliser. Peach of a goal. Loved the finish. How impressed were you with him on Saturday? Yeah, I think he got better as the game went on, to be honest. I think that's a, f- a fair analysis of him. Um, yeah. And it's going to take time. You know, he's a guy that's coming from a new league. It's going to take time to adapt. I mean, I think it's great for him to get that first goal because he's not renowned, Tungi, for his goal-scoring ability. So to get that one off his back, and you know, it's a Soko, we just keep charting shoot every game. Maybe we should stop charting <laughs> it after, the, after that effort oh, at the weekends. Yeah. Oh, but I, I'm really impressed by Ndombele, and I think he's going to get better and better the more games he has in a Spurs shirt. And mm. I said, I'm just so pleased with him that he's got his goal. And, you know, we've still got a lot of players to come back into the team, Jake. You know, the lights yep. of the Chelsea. So, I mean, yeah, we've got Cessna yeah, to come exactly. in. We've got Deli Ali, Hummin Son. So, I think over the next couple of weeks, it's going to be a different Spurs team to the one we see right now. And hopefully, it will go on to be mm. a better team. You mentioned that you've got a few new uh, uh, players to come back and a few new boys. There's Chelsea still to play. He's got to get his match fitness. Mm. We spoke about the transfer window last week. Rick, you said 8 out of 10 for mm. you, yep. for Spurs. The manager come back. He said he was happy plus. So I'm mm. going to say that's an 8 out of 10 happy plus. Well, that's, we'll that's, go that's with all that. we asked for, don't we? That's what it's we've been calling been listening. for. Well, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the whole back the manager thing. That's all we wanted. Well, Cat's uh, definitely listening tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Cat, would you say happy plus with the transfer window? Look, Pochettino just turns to talking riddles. Yeah, I'm still trying to true. work out true. if the cow knows what time the train's coming. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest, that was a classic. To be honest, yeah. that really was a classic. <laughs> yeah. Happy plus. Look, as long as he's happy, we're happy. Mm. That's so nice. Well, he's so happy true. plus. He's happy plus. That's even better. Yeah. yeah. One awesome. thing he did say about the transfer window, though, he said it was a big disadvantage for all clubs in the Premier League to shut that window earlier. He said this is a mistake, a big mistake, the Premier League have made, especially when... Uh, clubs like Spurs are fighting on all fronts Europe we're at a disadvantage because those clubs in Europe can still go and make transfers do you agree with him there? Well, it's only because I think the situation with Ericsson. I do, I do, yeah. I do understand where he comes from. I mean, listen, it's not ideal. We've got a player that clearly has agitated for a move, not to a degree of, of you know of, of refusing to play or refusing to train because he came only changed the game at the weekend. But it's not ideal having players around where their future could still be, and it is with him up in the air, the same as Alderweireld, the same as Danny Rose to some degree. Um, it's not ideal, and I think no. really we should be in a situation where when the window shuts for us, it shuts for everybody. Yeah. Mm, I think they'll look at addressing that next year, Jamie. Worst case scenario, could Ericsson go in the next two weeks? Oh, well, see, it's, it's it's a very difficult situation for Spurs now because at the at, the, at this moment in time for Ericsson, it's probably financially better for him to to not sign that contract, however much we offer him, and we have offered him a large sum of money, um, as, as has been reported. Um, you know, he's better now, waiting for the pick of the clubs next summer and signing on a big signing on fee. So for Spurs, it's difficult. Um, whether we try to offload him this summer for a reduced fee for £50 million. The issue with that, though, is um, is that the Champions League qualification, that's going to be worth £70 million. So, you know, it's, it's a difficult situation for, for Spurs. Um, and as, as we saw, his uh, impact, it was, it was brilliant. So he's a guy I would like to try and see his keep and uh, do everything possible to, to get him signed to new contracts. So. Kat, I've obviously spoke to Jamie and Ricky a lot on the Ericsson situation. Where do you stand on it? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because if a player wants to move on, there's ultimately only so much you can do. So you either wind his contract down and he goes for nothing. How um, painful would that be, though? Awful. Or you try and get him a move. 
and for whatever reason, that hasn't happened so far this summer. Uh, just to say, I, com- I completely agree that us shutting our window before everyone yeah. else is absolute lunacy. Yeah. Mm. And I can't see how anyone could argue anything to the contrary. Um, for me now, it's a very difficult one because I think that Daniel Levy, if, if a big offer comes in, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's difficult for him. That's very difficult for him because he stands to get nothing if mm. we don't sort out the contract Well, if he knows that Ericsson isn't going to sign, then he may as well sell because you, he's going to be in from Spurs fans next year if he goes it's a for tough nothing. One. Well, Martin, yeah. Martin, when we on our yeah. show, Martin Lipton did say that Pochettino was expecting that um, Ericsson wouldn't be here um, at this stage. So, you know, it's, I think it's yeah. a, a situation he sold that, his house. Well, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah Sources. Yeah. There you go. That's true. There well, you yeah. go. Well, there you go. I mean, we and Rick always Yeah, we had, a, listen, we had a great show this week with Martin Lipton, myself and Jamie. If you haven't listened to it, guys, go check it out. Um, you do another show without me. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Chase. That is terrible. It no, it's awful. It is awful, <laughs> really. They're giving me a chair that's broken, so I'm sat <laughs> on the floor. It's, like, so mm. rude. It's the championship version. This is the only special, <laughs> I'll be honest. Thanks, Dad. No, I'm sorry, Chase. No, it was great. And to Ericsson, I mean, he's made it very clear. Spurs expect him to move on in the summer. It didn't happen. And I think Ericsson's made it clear that he wants to move to Spain. That's only been his interest. I think if Atletico Madrid come up with an offer now of a sizable amount, I think Daniel Levy would take the money. Mm. Have they got the money? Because they've spent a lot this time. Sandra Willis, haven't they? Yeah, I don't know if they can. Mm. But my only concern is, Ken, I think you were kind of in agreement with me. The only reason why I went hard on Ericsson in the summer in terms of saying that you've got to get rid of him is because when a player comes out and says, I don't want to be there anymore, then as a fan, you think, well, do I want a player to be at a club where I know he doesn't actually want to be? Yeah, do you know what, actually, though? He, he said he wanted a new challenge, and, and mm. I can respect that. Mm. He's yeah. given mm. us yeah. good service, and he's been there for a good few seasons mm. now, and I'm completely respectful of that yeah. fact. It's a tricky one for him too, course, as yeah. you know he's got one career and 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 that's it. Uh, it's yeah. not a situation any of us wanted to be in. I don't think. No, <laughs> but the great thing was I think Chaz is that his, I said his reaction at the weekend proved to me, you know that you know he will still perform for Tottenham whilst a move might be going on. That's the most important yeah. thing. If he's going to put his head down and carry on working for Tottenham, then I, I really don't mind. And at the end of the day, um, I still want him to stay. I think that's the most important thing. I think yeah. any Spurs fan watching him, the way he changed that game against Villa, you'd want him to stay. Of course you would. Definitely. Kat, you mentioned there you can respect him wanting a new challenge. How much can you respect him walking away on a free? Because there has been rumours he should maybe sign a contract so Spurs get a transfer fee. How do you feel about You're that? You're actually asking a Tottenham fan how they feel about one of their players walking away on a free. Well, you said you, re- you <laughs> would got, respect him. We, so do you, we have got four So here. do you think that he should he should sign another contract uh, then? So I, get... I, Ideally, I, w- I would think the respectful thing to do would be to sign another contract and then let us sell him for some money at the end of it. Ideally. Then but, I would... It, uh, I'm, I'm just, sort of being a bit naughty, but then I would say then you don't have that much respect because if you have the respect, he can go and go on a free. No, if see, he that's, signs... It's a difficult it, one. Because then you're saying he owes Spurs. You've got to respect, but then he also owes Spurs. Just That's it, a tough one. I don't know. Well, just as well that I don't negotiate the contract, then, isn't it? Because I'd be fine. No, I, I really respect what you're saying, but I'm just saying it's, it's difficult. If he, if he signs the contract, then he's reducing his options even more. And if he's mm. in the situation where he's, where he's really low price tag right at the moment, you know, no one's going to want him if he signs a contract. So it's, it's a very difficult situation for him. And... Uh, yeah, I, I personally, I would, I actually wouldn't blame him if he left for free. I mean, I, I honestly think it makes sense for him personally. Um, but yeah, it would be disrespectful. All right. Well, before me and Cat fall out, because I'm getting a bit scared of her, so uh, <laughs> I would never want to upset her. I've, I've, I feel like I'm trying to make a friend. Let's talk now to JT, who's joining us on the line, because he wants to talk about Eric Dyer, and he's he's asking, you feel that what what is the future for Eric Dyer? Are you a little bit worried about him, JT? Uh, yeah. Hello, guys from New York City, and. Uh... Yeah, I remember, you know, a couple of years ago there was those Man United rumors that Eric Dyer would be like the next Michael Carrick going to United and huge money. And 
And, and right now, I think Eric Dyer is kind of a, a lost soul on this team. And, you know, is he now the, the backup right back when four, you know, to fourth and Walker Peters? Is he the fourth center back? I mean, he's no longer the starting midfielder. And, yeah, I'd be curious to get your guys' take on, on Eric Dyer and what the future holds. Hi, JT. Thanks for calling the show. You know, Eric Dyer, it's a tricky one because he's had so many injuries over the last couple of seasons. Uh, is he going to be a first-choice midfielder for Tottenham? No. Is he going to be a first-choice defender for Tottenham? The answer to that is no. So, you know, he's a player that I think is maybe going to have to adapt his game to some degree. He might have to look at the centre-back situation at Spurs. I mean, at the moment, we've got Alderweireld and Vertonghen down to a year left on their contracts. Um, we don't know what their long-term futures are going to be. With regards to Dyer. It's very hard to know what his future is going to be until we see him fully fit, and that hasn't been for a while. I mean, I've been an Eric Dyer fan, but if I'm being honest with you, where this team is growing now, Tottenham, I don't want to be too harsh on him, but I feel like we may have overtaken just maybe the likes of Eric Dyer's mm. and, the, and the Victor Wanyamas. There's no disrespect to him, because on his day, he can be a fabulous player, but I just think maybe the time has come where sentimental-wise kicks in. You have to maybe let some of these players go, Jay. I'm not sure if you agree or... I think I think Eric Dyer's a really useful squad player because I think he's a, he's a lot better, like mm. with Ben Davis, he's versatile, so he yep. can play a num- offer you a number of different positions. He's obviously a guy that Pochettino really likes as well. Um, so I think that's also very important to have. I think that... He's he at the level. First, you know, Jay, would he? No, he no, no. But I think mm. I do think he's at that level where he could come in and do a really and do a good job for Spurs. So mm. I think he's a guy that's worth having around the squad. So I don't mind. And he's Deli Ali's best mate. So well, obviously, yeah. keep his spirits high. Keep him. <laughs> yeah, JT, would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think his best position is centre back. Uh, I think that that's, I think right back, he's a little too slow for that position, especially mm. the way that guys bomb forward. You know, if Toby goes. Uh, you know, and you keep Jan with uh, with Davidson Sanchez, you know, in the future years, he's your third guy. Yeah, and he's got a bit of an edge to him. He's nasty, which I think is good for this team to have a guy that's got a bit of an edge. Uh, you know, Eric likes to, to dish it out. So I'd like to keep him. I, I think I don't see any of the big f- five clubs or anyone in Europe, the big teams going after him. So you're right. Maybe he is that Ben Davies uh, type player, uh, you know, squad mm. player. But, you know, on his day, he has that extra nastiness, which I think at times, you know, we lack. Yeah, listen, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I agree with Joe to some degree. I think he's a, I mean, definitely a squad player. I don't think Spurs, maybe from a first-team perspective, I think I've kind of overtaken him now. That's the only thing. And, again, he's a player that I can come in, do a job, you know, FA Cup, Carabao Cup games, and have no issue there mm. involving him. I mean, in the games like, such as, I say, the Man City's, the Liverpool's, the Chelsea's, I'm not too sure if he would start any of those games, to be honest with you. And I think the issue now for Dyer is that he, I think he needs to try and maybe reevaluate what his best position is going to be at Tottenham. I mean, with the centre-back situation... I want us to keep Hadavirid and Vertonghen. My God, I do. They're two of the best centre-backs, not only in the Premier League, but in Europe. And you know, we've got them still together. I think Sanchez, learning off those two, mm. I think it's only going to benefit him long-term as well. So it's a, it is a big season for Dyer just to try and establish where he still is going to fit in at Tottenham. Yeah, yeah, de- yeah, definitely agree, guys. So, uh, yeah, my other question was, why Nama? Do you guys see Victor moving before uh, September 2nd? Yeah, unfortunately, I think Victor Wanyama will move on. I think that, um, you know, he was great in his first year at Spurs with, with Moussa Dembele, but unfortunately, I think injuries have, have just caught up with him and um, I don't think we'll ever see the same Victor Wanyama from uh, 2017. So, to be honest, he's a player I wanted to move on. I think we can... I mean, we're not going to get a huge amount of money for him given his injury record, but I think it'd be a good player to move on, to be honest. Yeah, if we could get 10, I'd be happy. 
Yeah, well, I think I think we'll. Yeah, I'd like to get around that, but obviously, it's Daniel Levy, come on, we'll get at least well, ten. That, yeah, there you go. But um, I th- obviously, his injuries. I mean, it's difficult for any club to want to pay that sort of money. Um, I do think we'll get slightly less than that, um, just because of his injury record, and you know that's difficult for a club to kind of invest that much money in uh, players injured all the time. Well, don't worry, JT. We'll get Cat on the negotiating front because she's already talking about Ericsson not going on a free. So don't worry, <laughs> JT. We really appreciate your call there, Cheers, JT, JT. Calling all the way from New York. The last word on Spurs is just grows and grows. Yeah. New York, baby. New York, baby. Here we come. <laughs> well, we are talking, of course, a little bit about the new boys and, of course, a little bit about Aston Villa. But it wasn't only Aston Villa, the new boy this weekend. We're going to be talking about VAR. Now, guys, just a reminder out there, we are running this special promo for The Athletic. Um, I'm sure if you're aware of The Athletic, this is the opportunity to get the best coverage of your club with a world-class team of writers. They are completely ad-free, no ads, no annoying pop-ups. And John, one of our you know people that we know out there covering Tottenham, Jack Pitbrook, a massive writer who covers a lot about Spurs, is the main writer. I mean, John, you've already got the content as I understand. What do you think of it? I really, really like The Athletic, actually. I think it's a really interesting modern concept on securing the best journalists for each supporter's club and then having them write on a almost daily basis. And, and there's questions and answers and an opportunity for you to really feel in line with what's happening at your club. Uh, I've seen two great articles by Jack this week uh, covering Tottenham Hotspur, those being the situation of Christian Eriksen's contract and the shift in power between Tottenham's security of having players tied to long-term deals is not as it once was. And we've seen that with Toby, Jan and uh, Christian Eriksen potentially running down their contracts and leaving for nothing. And then Jack's also released a second article today discussing the Y-word consultation and what the connotations are for Tottenham Hotspur supporters and those from the Jewish community. It's a really interesting read and uh, I encourage you all to get out there and have a look at it. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, at the moment, they seem to be taking the world by storm, this new way of going forward. I mean, they're a subscription to the company's complete football content library. Um, Also, a lot of stuff they do within the US itself. I mean, as I said, the best coverage of your club, a world-class team of writers, and we have to emphasise, completely ad-free, no ads, no annoying pop-ups. And again, for a 30-day free trial and to receive 50% off your yearly subscription for only £2.50 per month, you just need to go to The Athletic dot co dot uk forward slash last word so make sure you're putting that in the athletic dot co dot uk forward slash last word and it has to be in lowercase okay guys get on that promotion really really good content enjoy this is love sport you're listening to the spurs fan show on love sport radio with me charlie hawkins i've been joined in the studio by last word on spurs ricky Sachs, jamie brand and our very special guest, Katrina Law from the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust. Why do you Trust. keep laughing when you say that, Charlie? I feel just a bit scared of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, As uh, it should be. <laughs> it's a bit of nervous laughter, giggling. And I'm not going to try to do it now because everything I do, you keep bringing it up on air and patting <laughs> me. So uh, if we could get some sort of like blind uh, between us, that would be that'd be fantastic. But we are, of course, talking about Spurs. The Premier League kicked off. They beat Aston Villa this weekend three points. Like I said, Aston Villa weren't the only new boys. VAR making its entrance into the Premier League season. Didn't really play a part in that game, mm. but... We, he's played a part in other games. It was a big talking point. Jamie, I know you was in the stadium. They said they're going to replay all the VAR incidents. Yeah. How was that for a fan in the stadium? I thought it was all right. There was some times when it was kind of, uh, it flashed up on the screen and it was a bit out of nowhere. So it was a bit of a surprise. But do you know, I, th- I, I, I think it's a good thing for the Premier League. I really do. And uh, I think it is going to take time for the officials to kind of know what's what. Um, 
I, as I said, I do think it is good long term. I think it's going to take time, and um, yeah, I think it'll be good for long term. Cat, asking you because you are uh, part of the supporters' trust. Is it? Did you have conversations about VAR? How much dialogue was there beforehand? Yeah. Were you briefed? Yeah, so we were actually. So we meet with um, executives in the Premier League twice a year under the auspices of what they call in inverted commas structured dialogue so one representative from each well each club fan group what a great um, saying structured, structured dialogue, dialogue um, would go and meet with the Premier League and VAR has been on the agenda for a couple of seasons now they were making a decision obviously um, this time well last when the season before last ended as to whether they'd roll it out and they decided that they weren't ready that they mm. wanted to make sure that they would be fully able to look at multiple games at once um, uh, which is what happens, uh, and that they wanted to make some tweaks and also see how it worked in other competitions. And I felt that that was, we all felt that was the most sensible thing to do, mm. was to delay at least a season and then review it again before the start of this season. So obviously they then decided that they would roll it out from the start of this season. What they have done over the past few months is a big education process. So all the VAR refs are based over in Stockley Park. Um, they've got, it's where I think um, Premier League productions are based, and they've got a massive room with all their TV screens and they're all in the same room doing that and they've invited fan reps, they've invited journalists, they've invited, you know, presenters, commentators, whatever, over to, for, you know, an immersion session basically to see how this works. So we had a place, um, my colleague from the Trust went along and represented Spurs fans um, and asked some very good questions um, about, obviously, the, the handball in the Champions League final. <laughs> and uh, various incidents at Arsenal and all the rest of it. And we published a very comprehensive piece on our website because there are some differences mm. in the way that UEFA will, will interpret the rules. But this is a big problem, isn't and it? And the if way the yeah. will. That, to me, seems a bit crazy. Mm. But in terms of the Premier League, I feel, have gone out on a limb to try and educate fans, to try and get them to understand what this is going to mean for their matchday experience. They've also put the clubs under an awful lot of pressure to make sure that when you're inside a stadium, you know what's going on. Because I was at the Wembley game against Rochdale, I think it was, oh, uh, when in the snowstorm, yeah, and yeah. we didn't have a clue what yeah. was going on <laughs> no, with yeah. VAR. It was, yeah. well, it was a yeah. shit show. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> so, yeah. You just mentioned there, then, you feel like the Premier League have gone uh, above and beyond or out their way to make sure fans know. Yeah. Have they, though? Because I know you're part of the supporters' trust, but for the everyday fan or someone yeah. who doesn't so know, that, well, do that's fans know? Yeah, that's our role. So we need to, like... Because uh, I feel like I need an education on it. Yeah, exactly right. So it, it's we need to filter down the information. So mm. uh, part of our role mm. as fan reps is to then take that messaging and cascade it down. So we've passed all this on to our members and we've passed it on to the 40-odd thousand people who follow us on Twitter who've then retweeted it and it's gone out and out and out mm. and the news outlets have picked it up. And that's all we can do. Mm. They can't possibly with the best will in the world get every single fan into no. Stockley Park and show yeah. them. Yeah. So there has to be some form of structure here, which is kind of where trusts supporters' trusts and independent supporters' associations come in because they're democratically, you know, organised organisations and, and they're, they're there as the fan reps. So that's, in fairness, they've kind of done as much as they, as they can do, I feel. But it's very important that the fans who are in the stadium completely still live in that moment. That's my that, worry. That's the key. Do you know what the thing is with it, Chaz? For me, and that's silly, I think for maybe for the younger generation, what we're used to, maybe we're used to as a younger generation, having everything instant. With mobile phones, what don't you do? You can get it instant. Maybe for, like I say, for my dad, for example, he's in his 60s, and you're know, going to a football match now, or even watching it, and you've got this situation where a goal is scored, and you don't quite know if it's actually a goal at that moment, because yeah. everyone stops, 
Even even players are stopping now. Are we now. ruining sporting as a well, spectacle? You know that moment of euphoria is being lost. Like, let's not get too yeah, excited yeah, yeah. because we're going to go for an eight-minute check. <laughs> well, I mean, you could also say that how how, how amazing was that VAR at Man City yeah, in, the, in the Champions League? I mean, it's kind of taken you know, away all those moments now of... Football for me, you need to have an element of a little bit of controversial to make the yeah. sport what it is. And I think nowadays we're kind of we're trying to make everything perfect and so on point that no one could ever be blamed for an offside decision or a penalty decision. Isn't that what makes football a little bit what it's about? I do agree. I'm actually of that opinion. I think VAR is brilliant for when it is a clear mm. and obvious yeah. error, a free yard offside that the rest missed. No team, yeah. whatever team you support, wants to be robbed of that because that shouldn't have been. But when mm. we're seeing the Sterling armpit offside to West Ham, there was no advantage for the goal scorer yeah. then. It's yeah. not VAR the problem. It's the clarity of the rules. And yeah. this is where, Kat, I want it to filter down because I'm like, what is the rule there? There was no advantage. There was no daylight sure. between him and the defender. What when was that ball ball played? Yeah. Well, where have they stopped that image? The little dots all the way down. It's very and confusing, the isn't it? And play and everything. We're back with the. We're hopefully back with the Premier League in October, and I'm sure it'll be top of the agenda. Mm. So I'm more than happy to request that they put out more communication across their channels. Don't say that. I'll say it. Because I know. You- <laughs> don't be keeping me a little bit better, uh, but yes, I mean it's meant to be for clear and obvious. Like, mm. Otherwise, you're stopping every two seconds. Mm. But I actually didn't even notice anything going on in the Spurs no, game. No, I think there were like mm. seven reviews and didn't change anything. No. Well, that yeah, is exactly, exactly right. There yeah. were seven. This you're robbing me of my Smashed own job. It. There were seven <laughs> checks, no overturned decisions. So there you go. But it's it is the confusion and fans in this stadium. I think they're the ones that are being lost. The paying punters who are in the ground. We for the television product, we know what's going on. It's we're being TV, told, isn't it, basically? Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. the problem. We know what's happening. We know why they're mm. being checked. But if you're in the ground, you're with your mates, you're like, was that because of us or was that because of Aston Villa? And there yeah. is that little bit of confusion that we're losing, aren't we? I'd be intrigued to see them I in mean, the older generation. I say my dad is in his 60s. Mm. I don't How does he feel about VAR? I don't think he's massively keen on the idea because football's about purity. It's about, you know, the fact of keeping it real in that moment. And like I said earlier, you know, you've got players that are celebrating. Well, they're trying, they're going to, they want to celebrate. I don't know if they should or not for that couple of seconds. Mm. And it's like, well, that's kind of taking the emotion Fans out. Fans are celebrating the, the no goal now. <laughs> I mean, if there's rivals, look, if we're Tottenham playing West Ham, yeah, yeah, Arsenal, yeah. Chelsea, we're all going to do it. I'm fully for we're, it. Yeah. But are we getting to a point where like, you know, it's a bit tricky, isn't it? It is. It is very tricky. And I just think maybe the more time we get to get used to it, I think we're going mm. to have to come around to the idea. It's just the way the world mm. works now. Technology is growing all the time it's what makes the world go round and it's into football and um, I think we have to somehow come to terms with it mm. well we're giving our views here on VAR if you want to give your view you can call us on 0208 70 20 558 I want to come back to VAR because are we getting to a stage as ridiculous as this may sound refs and linesmen lineswomen are they going to become redundant because we're always going to go to VAR for the check no no well that's the end of that then <laughs> cheers <Pat. laughs> right alright well uh, Moving on, though. <laughs> what I meant was because Mike Dean, obviously on Saturday, oh, West Ham and Man City, every time there was a challenge, a player now just goes, I don't want to know what you're yeah. saying, Mike Dean. They're giving it the old charades, TV, TV, four <laughs> syllables. Let's go to the ear roll. Pop, and every time, oh, I've got to wait. Let's go to the VAR room. Because, no, yeah, there we go. All three syllables. syllables. Yeah, you're going at eight. Um, <laughs> no, so, uh, you know, they're always going to the VAR room. Is this a problem now? Because the players want it to be checked on VAR, don't they? Well, yeah. They've been told to absolutely yeah. play to the whistle, yeah. so they, they will Can't be fine. Can't let someone else speak. They will be fine. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
I think the players have got uh, it's that, exactly that. They've just got to be, you know, they've got to know that it's the referee. It has to be the referee's decision to go to VAR. Um, and as you said, you know, otherwise they get punished if they um, if they t- signal for it. So, do you not feel like six months down the line we'll be looking back and thinking, oh, what are we making all this fuss about? I, I do think, you know, yeah. come come next season, it's just going to be part and parcel of the game. And like sometimes even with offsides, like the way that kind of, you know, the offside yeah. decisions, you know, they changed the rule over that in the last cut of the season. So I think, you know, the way football's going now, as much as I'm, for an older generation, I think it's more harder for them to accept it. The game's changing as it is with these new kits coming in and all these different technologies. And like I say, now you've got the VAR in time. We'll deal with it, I think. Yeah. Chess. It's difficult though. Is it? Yeah. It's still a teething problem. It's still in its inf- infancy. But six months down the line, I just think it's like you said, Kat. We're still not fully aware of all the rules. We need to get used to it. I think for clear and obvious error, if we're being robbed of a three-yard offside goal, yes. But the armpit offside is a very tricky one. We don't know when that image is for black and white errors. Yeah, yeah but there's a lot of grey amongst there, isn't there, Jamie? Yeah, I think also when when they're checking for those very marginal, it's it's how they also how the officials interpret it. So. You know, can I go both ways uh, in a way? So, I really would like it to just be very, very clear that you know that's definitely offside. Um, so yeah, so I uh, for, as I said, I think it's going to be good for long term. And as Rudy said, it's going to take a while, but I think it's good, and I'm all for it. All right, well we've had a VAR discussion. <laughs> we are going to be talking about Tottenham's midfield trio next. Love sports. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Kat is doing her makeup in the studio. I don't know if this is acceptable. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on edge. I've got to be honest, I'm on edge. We've not, not even had the City game yet. You thought, Lee, you thought Lee McQueen was a diva. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I am in the studio with last word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brown, and our very special guest, Katrina Law from Thanks, the Tottenham Charlie. Hotspur Supporters Trust. I didn't giggle and I didn't laugh when I said it then. It was really serious. You're improving. Thanks. I'll give you that. Well, 44 minutes. It's only Thanks, taken mate. me a month. I'm, I'm yeah. happy, happy plus now. <laughs> Cheers. Happy plus. Happy plus. Fantastic window. Look, we did talk about the new boys. Let's talk about a few of the other players from Spurs on Saturday. We know that you said the fullbacks, the wingbacks are an area of concern. How pleased were you with Walker Peters on Saturday? Yeah, I thought he played really well. And, you know, I suppose you've got to take an element of his Aston Villa. It's a newly promoted team. Um, I don't think he could have done anything more, though, to be honest, to justify its selection maybe ahead of the weekend. I mean, Aurea hasn't really played, so I'm expecting Walker Peters to play yeah. against Man City. Unless something changes in Podgers, you know, looks to rip up that formation and go in something completely different. Um, but he'd done his job. He'd done his job to the best of what he could do. And, you know, he's a young player. I want to see him progress in a Tottenham shirt. Is he good enough? We'll see in six months' time, Chaz, is probably the answer right now. I can't sit there and say mm. to you he's going to definitely you know, be good enough to play for Tottenham on a regular basis. I mean, I keep harping back to it, and Jay knows when we spoke to Martin Lipton during the week, he said to us that Spurs were trying to offload yeah. him to Southampton if they could have got another... Really? Yeah, yeah. Got, got another right back in. So I can't sit there and say that's to you... That's not a good sign. No, no, but that's again the element of Pochettino that we knew, like Jay said the other week, that it wasn't all going to be done. The transfer Spurs want over one window. It was going to take time to replenish the squad, to go what Jamie says, like a, a Tottenham 2.0. It's going to take time. And mm. Walker Peters is a young lad. As I said, he couldn't have done anything more in that game to justify selection for Man City. And I'm sure Jay would probably agree. Ooh, um... No? I'm not. A fan, I'm not a fan of Carl Walker Peters, unfortunately. Um, be careful, he, he uh, Jamie. Yeah, well, there's Twitter. I know, I know. I know. Well, um... I just feel as though he's he's a bit lightweight. I don't. I'm I'm very scared for him against City. I, I acknowledge he had a good game, um, and I think also he he hasn't really ever been given a fair chance at mm. Spurs. I feel as though last year he played the odd game here and there. So perhaps 
when he gets more games uh, game time in him, then he'll become a better player. But I think another point that Martin uh, that Martin made on the podcast was was that you know these are these opportunities where he has a, ma- a brilliant game against Manchester City. That's going to be massive for his confidence, and we've seen that with so many players, the likes of Rashford, when they've given that they've taken that opportunity. And you don't know what could happen from it. And obviously, right back is an issue for Spurs. And and if Carl Walker Peters does produce something out of nothing, then then brilliant. But right now, I'm not a big fan of him, unfortunately. Cat, what would you what would you say? Because you feel like it's one one here. You've got the deciding <laughs> vote. Yeah, I I don't think his name helps him to be honest, <laughs> because yeah, he had because yeah. Carl Walker was awesome. And, and he's had to try and step into those shoes, but never really been given no, a chance. No, I th- do, 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 do you know what I mean? Do you think it was he's, Carl Peters? He might have more Carl chance. Carl Peters might have been easier, yeah. Or Carl <laughs> Peters, perhaps. But obviously, you know, he's, he's, he's stepping into his shoes. Mm. He's never been given a consistent run, no. and I think that's really difficult. As a fan, I can't really tell you that much about him because he is so in and out. Yeah. I've not seen that much of him, and, and I go to nearly every single game. Yeah. But... Based on reputation, I probably would agree and say you're a little bit lightweight for Saturday. Well, I'm delighted to say we have been joined on the phone now by Brooks from... He's in Nashville, the United States, another United States caller. He wants to talk about fullbacks. We're talking Walker's Peter here. Brooks, where do you feel? Where do you stand on Walker's Peter? Oh, Walker Peter's. Walker <laughs> Peter's. Oh, I'm going to get yeah, it on Walker Twitter Peter, now. Pal. Brilliant. How y'all doing? Yeah, we're Very good, good Brooks. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking the call. Um, I had a question. I mean, I'll I'll talk about Walker Peters a little bit, but I had a question about Aurier, just kind of what's his status. I mean, uh, we haven't really heard much from him. I've seen a couple of pictures of him in training and stuff, but um, what's kind of going on with him? Um, well, obviously, he was at the um, African Cup of Nations over the summer, so I think he's kind of taken time to, to get back into it. Um, as we said with Jan Vertonghen, you know, it's all about having that fitness. I think that maybe there might be a slight issue there with, with um, you know, getting back up to speed and, and being fully fit. So that, that, that I think we're, we're kind of waiting on him to, to get to the right level that Pochettino demands from his players. Um, again, he's not a player that I'm particularly a big <laughs> fan of. Um, I, I think Be careful, Joe. We've got no right backs left. I know, I know. I know. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Um, I think, again, um, as, as we said um, last year, it was so chopping and changing between between Trippier and Aurier. And again, I think that players sometimes perform when they're given that, that time to, uh, that continuity. And, and they just didn't have that last season. So, you know, as I said, I want Pochettino to pick a number one right back this year and stick with him. And if that's Aurier, then, then that's fine. I do feel that Aurier has got one mistake in him every game, yeah. though, and I will guarantee that if he plays, VAR will be called <laughs> into action. Ricky? I think with Aurier, the problem is we don't actually know if he's also going to be here at the end of the window. There's been you know, mm. been strong links to PSG, true, true. and for what we understand, Pochettino isn't you know massively, massively keen on keeping him. I think he'd be open to letting him go. I think the problem Spurs have got is that if they let Aurier go, you're then relying on one fourth at right back who currently is injured at the moment and he's not up to full speed and you've got Kyle Walker-Peters like you guys have already said he's lightweight so it then kind of decimates yeah. Spurs' issues at right back so it's a big couple of weeks for Pochettino to kind of I think get Aurea up to speed so he can feature at the moment we haven't really got another option I really, I, do you know what I really think that Juan Foyt will be a really good right back I, I really can see it I genuinely and I, I think that Pochettino's seen it I think that the Arge- Argentina saw it as well um, and I think if you've got uh, Juan Foyt as the number one choice 
And I think as, as much as I've just uh, slated Walker Peters, I think he'd be a good um, re- replacement right back. So I think those are two solid options. So. See, I, I like Wan Foyth. My only concern is that we're going to be training a player on the job. And that, that's my concern, that when you're coaching these players... But you've like, got the full-back whisperer. Exactly. We've got, we've, we've go, got yeah. the full-back whisperer, Roger, so don't get me wrong. But you've got, also got one side with Sessegnon. We don't quite know what he's going to be yet. Is he going to be a left-back? Is he going to be a left-midfielder? Is he going to be a left-winger? We don't quite know that. And with one four, if you're in a situation where he has played there, I think, four or five times for Argentina, uh, Silla seems to want to be going with this idea that he can make him a full-back. But my concern is that when you come against the very top teams, like this weekend, City, and you've got Liverpool, you've got Chelsea, and you are trying to coach players on the job for a position, it's not the ideal place to be in you know it's not ideal if Tottenham have got serious ambitions of wanting to try and challenge for the league and compete with Man City and Liverpool you have to have I think you know fullbacks that are ready and already capable of that being their position at the moment we're trying to coach players into that position I I feel as though we because we were going for Dybala apparently um wouldn't it have been better suited if Pochettino really wanted that right back and felt that one point wasn't good enough? Maybe we'd have gone and used some of that Dybala mm. money and gone and got a right back. So I, I feel agree, as though yeah, he does yeah. um, believe in one point. Um, and as we always say, you've got back the manager's decisions <laughs> and I firmly back that decision. Brooks, you there? Yeah, I um, Yeah, sorry guys. I, um, I was just listening, but I actually, I think I actually rate Aurier a little bit higher than most people do. I think that even though earlier in his career he was prone to making at least a mistake a game, I still think that last year he showed some really, really good physical tools. And um, if he can kind of break back into that, I mean, I think we're in a dilemma where we have to decide as a team if we want to let somebody who's a little bit more experienced like Aurier play against Man City or – see if Walker Peters is what we want him to be. I, I don't know. I just kind of think that Aurier wasn't really given a fair shake at it because of injuries and everything that happened last year. But I think he could still be a good player under Potch. Yeah, possibly. I think that oh, it's difficult. I do think that um, if you give Carl Walker Peters that opportunity, maybe on maybe on Saturday, then he might take it and he might become a good, a good player. And as we've said, I don't think he has been given enough opportunities. Um, as I said, you know, how many times have we seen these young English players being given opportunities in the Premier League and then produce something out of nothing? And, and as we saw with, as an example, Marcus Rashford, he, he had that one brilliant game against, well, I think it was Arsenal or Manchester City a couple of years ago, and you know he's never looked back. So it's about giving those players those opportunities. I think we, we we've now got to stick with Carl uh, Walker Peters. He's obviously going to be the the guy that plays it right back. So. Um, that's the way it is. I think we'll wait for, for Foyt to come back and then he'll become the, the number one right back because, as I said, I think that's what Pochettino wants to go with this season. Brooks, we're really happy you called us. Thank you for giving us some of your time. Brooks there from Nashville, Tennessee, United States, talking a little bit about fullbacks. Let's quickly then, just to round up this hour, let's talk a little bit about what is Spurs' best midfield trio? What is the best midfield in that formation? What are you thinking for this season, Kat? <laughs> Thanks for that one. <laughs> um, it's too early, isn't it? I mean, I've yeah. only really, I only really know Winks and Sissoko. I can't, I can't yeah. tell you an awful lot more mm. about how the rest of it would work out. So I, I, I will yeah. reserve judgment, <laughs> free up some airtime, and let the lads talk about that one. I think, I think we are trying to go for those three central midfielders um, playing Sissoko, um, Winks, Winks, and and uh, Dombele, um, and and that's kind of um, what we went with on on Saturday. It didn't really work. Um, I think that Sissoko. Just didn't have a very good game when he was when he played. I think that that Winks was really the only one that did a that had a good game. 
Um, so I think at the moment um, it, we're probably better off playing the, the usual four-two-three-one. John, I, I want to put all that down to the fact that you're trying to you're trying to already trying to create something there that those lads, you know, Soko and Winks have played together, or Ndombele's coming into a team where he's trying to get to know the players. He's had a couple mm. of games in pre-season, but the more they play together, the more yeah. they will gel. And you know, I'm confident that three can work. Um, we just need to soak to somehow find his shooting <laughs> boots, which I'm not quite sure what we need to do. I mean, John the other week said, what we need to do is ex- another half an hour of Harry in training, just get him on the cones, go get get some shooting practice in, because, you know, the worrying thing for me is that the Spurs fans have got to stop telling Sissoko to shoot. Can, how are we going to stop him? Can we put something out like a banner or something for the trust to hold? Can we get yeah, that to filter down? Cascade <laughs> the information, yeah. Charlie. We can try. But I was at Huddersfield, so yeah, happy memories of Sissoko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there we go. Well, I don't know. I mean, one, bless yeah. him. He, he does it. He's... God loves a trier. <laughs> God loves a trier. Are you saying, how important is it that he chips in with the goals then this season? I think it's vitally important for all midfielders to, mm. uh, you know, Chelsea. At the end of the day, listen, Harry Kane is going to be the guy that's going to probably get the most amount of goals at Tottenham. That's a given fact. We all know that. But in the round that, still midfield have to contribute. If you look at all teams that you know, mm. challenge or win a league, it's a team collective effort that where yeah. the goals come from. And, you know, to be fair, if he's playing that position where he is, you know, lambasting forward, as yeah. we know, um, you expect him to chip in with goals. I mean, Undenbele, as we said, he's not renowned for his goal scoring. He's did you just say own. lambasting forward? Lambasting did... forward. Never heard it. I, no, I, like I think, it. I think um, Undenbele will, will surprise a few. I think he's a bit more attacking mm. than he's kind of given credit for him. And we saw with that brilliant, brilliant goal against uh, Villa. But I think he's a guy that does get forward. I think a lot of people kind of see him as that a defensive player but he really is an all-round player he can do a bit of everything mm. um, so I, I think that he'll be a guy that will contribute to a lot of goals he got a, a lot of assists uh, last season in France so he, as I said he's a guy that will, supre- will surprise a few this season but this is what you want it's so much competition for places the midfield is stacked yeah I mean that's a great thing we've not even seen the show so yeah, yeah which yeah. I'm really I excited I you're going to play them all <laughs> don't worry about that we've been, we've been crying out for more depth in the squad yeah. don't take it away in from us in other positions <laughs> yeah. but no I mean, listen, I'm hoping we're going to see a time where Ericsson and Chelsea are going to be a midfield duo that's what I want to see well I just want to quickly thank you producer Josh he's on my side because I know I'm going to get tweeted, tweeted for Sam Walker's Peters so if you two <laughs> could do some more damage to your fullbacks <laughs> but he's just had a look on a dictionary lambasting means to beat or whip or reprimand or scold and you said lambasting forward yeah, so you've got that completely wrong, completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know my definition of words but I just can't say footballers' names. There you go. Well, <laughs> there you go. Especially on the Spurs show. So if you two could maybe coat off Walker Peters a bit more, I might be safe. This show is not for the grammar, please, is it? This it's one? not, mate. It's not. <laughs> well, don't worry because the first hour may be up, but there is still another hour to go on the last word on Spurs. Now, guys, just a reminder out there, we are running this special promo for The Athletic. Um, I'm sure as you're aware of The Athletic, this is the opportunity to get the best coverage of your club with a world-class team of writers. They are completely ad-free, no ads, no annoying pop-ups. And John, one of our you know people that we know out there covering Tottenham, Jack Pitbrook, a massive writer who covers a lot about Spurs, is the main writer. I mean, John, you've already got the content, as I understand. What do you think of it? I really, really like The Athletic, actually. I think it's a really interesting modern concept on securing the best journalists for each supporter's club and then having them write on a almost daily basis. And, and there's questions and answers and an opportunity for you to really feel in line with what's happening at your club. Uh, I've seen two great articles by Jack this week uh, covering Tottenham Hotspur, those being the situation of Christian Eriksen's contract and the shift in power between Tottenham's security of having players tied to long-term deals is not as it once was. And we've seen that with Toby, Jan and uh, Christian Eriksen potentially running down their contracts and leaving for nothing. And then Jack's also released a second article today, 
discussing the Y word consultation and what the connotations are for Tottenham Hotspur supporters and those from the Jewish community. It's a really interesting read and uh, I encourage you all to get out there and have a look at it. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, at the moment, they seem to be taking the world by storm, this new way of going forward. I mean, they're a subscription to the company's complete football content library. Um, also, a lot of stuff they do within the US itself. I mean, as I said, the best coverage of your club, a world-class team of writers, and we have to emphasise, completely ad-free, no ads, no annoying pop-ups. And again, for a 30-day free trial and to receive 50% off your yearly subscription for only £2.50 per month, you just need to go to the Athletic .co.uk forward slash last word. So make sure you're putting that in theathletic.co.uk forward slash last word and it has to be in lowercase. Okay, guys, get on that promotion. Really, really good content. Enjoy. This is Love Sport. Glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur is the song you're listening to last the Spurs fan show with the last word on Spurs. I'm Charlie Hawkins. This is Love Sport Radio. In the studio with me, Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand, and very special guest, Katrina Law from the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust. Just quickly, we're going to be talking about Man City this hour. I look to the crucial game this Saturday. Massive, massive game. Only in the second weekend. A lot of uh, THST trust issues. Champions League tickets, chips fiascos we're going to be discussing. But we have had a WhatsApp, and I want to ask you all in the studio. Hi, guys, from The Last Word on Spurs. I'm Matteo from Argentina, and I want to know what you think about not having a backup for Harry Kane slightly concerning. Yeah, I mean, listen, we've all been there. We had the Dybala rumours strong. I think a lot of our hearts Mm. broke on that final day. We thought he might be coming in. Um, It's the one area that Spurs still need to strengthen. And uh, Jay, I keep going back to what Jay says, it's not all going to be done over one window. So at the end of the day... Tottenham 2.0. Tottenham 2.0. It's going to take its time. Um, Lorente, as we understand, he was offered a new contract on reduced terms. Nothing's really happened there. So Spurs have got a lot of forward options, though, like Son, Mora. Uh, there's goals still in the team, even if you don't bring in another striker. So, yeah. It's not just if Harry Kane gets injured and goes down. You mentioned something, Ricky. It's the competition for Harry Kane to yeah. push him onto this next yeah. level. They're both vital, aren't they, those two things? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that, that's, that is very true. But the other player we've got, Troy Parrott. I think yes, he, he's a guy that does deserve opportunities and I was very disappointed that he wasn't on the bench on the weekend. I was surprised because I don't think he was, I was in, surprised. in the under-23s. I think Nkudu was on the bench, which is absolutely bizarre and um, I think it was really good in pre-season and, and as we always said, you know, it doesn't matter how, how, how young you are, if you're good enough, you are good enough and I, I really believe that he should have been given an opportunity at least on the bench and uh, hopefully we'll see more of him this Well, I've got to be honest, listening to you lot, listening to John Wenham especially yeah. who yeah, you yeah, have John on the show, He's all, always speaking about Troy Parrott, yeah. you know, and he made me feel like, well, this is maybe why Spurs haven't bought another striker in for Harry Kane because he's going to be the year that he really pushes on. He's going to be in a side. When I saw he wasn't even on the bench, I thought, Bizarre. John's been leading me on. <laughs> no, to be fair, John, though, he, like I say, John is focused, focuses so much on the youth. He's yeah. A lot of these players come from him. Cat, we love seeing youth academy yeah. prospects come through at Tottenham, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And I went to Dutch Hamlet for the under 23 game there mm-hmm. and to Enfield Town as well uh, and it was re- it was that was really nice obviously mm-hmm. Troy was with the senior squad mm-hmm. uh, but still we we pride ourselves yeah. on our academy yeah. and the whole he's one of our own and we don't have enough players no. in our senior squad yeah. who have come through our ranks so very much in favor of promoting internally but a little word for Fernando Lorente I mean he's been shuffled off the website oh, he's yeah, just like removed know, yeah. he's with- almost been shown the Tottenham back door I'm 
I feel it's a little bit bad. Out and shot I'm, him, haven't they? <laughs> Seventy-five days was his last mention. Seventy-five days yeah. ago on the Spurs website, and he's just gone from from everywhere from view. It felt as though we were kind of waiting to see. We'd offered him that potentially offered him that contract, and we were kind of waiting to see whether he would come back. Because well, is he going to come back? I've heard United. I've heard I Napoli. Not the Spurs. That is. I, think I don't think. So yeah, I think. The, I don't think. I don't see Spurs. Gavin him back, would you ring? I don't know. I, I know that if he had to do the same again, he, he would, my friend. Look. <laughs> Fernando. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Kat, you just said you mentioned there you you go to the academy, you watch the games. Where do you stand on Troy Parrott this season? Can he make an impact? Because oh, he God, wasn't in that match squad. I don't know enough about him. Um, <laughs> all I know is that everybody who has seen a lot more of Troy than I have is super impressed. Yeah. And that's great. And we need that positivity and we yeah. need to get behind mm-hmm. our prospects. Yeah. So let, let's really hope. Yeah, as much as I slated Carl Walker Peters, I think he. he don't backtrack r- now. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he did come you up. You checked the... Twitter in a break, didn't you? <laughs> That's exactly what you've done. <laughs> he came up with a really nice quote about how much it meant to him that you know doing well, and and there was a picture of the celebrations of, of where Harry put us two one up. There's a picture of him on the background, and he's like on the floor, and he just looks so happy. Yeah. Um, so I think that is really important to have a player like in the team. So. As much as I'm not his biggest fan, I'd love to. I would love to see him make it because I mean, you know, Harry Winks, Harry, uh, Harry Kane, Oliver Skip, Oliver Skip. So that you know, there's so many players that you we love them so much. The passion they show. So to have another one would be brilliant. So it would it, it would top it off. Well, the season has started. You did play Aston Villa, but of course, the European season, the Champions League, is nearly upon us. August the 29th, the draw is made. But before we can get excited about that, because firstly, how good is just the draw? Just when the balls are getting picked. Yeah, I think that's my one of my highlights of the season I yeah, love sure, it still even though we've been in it for what, four or five seasons out even when they bring the Tottenham even though they bring Tottenham oh, it's, fantastic. it's still a great feeling yeah, I know. it's still great I mean, I'm, ne- I'm never going to get older of that I'm sorry maybe because I've grown up from a generation where I'm used to seeing Spurs finish 10th <laughs> and you know we're now you know, as Kat said earlier we're consistently top four you know always in the top four um, I'm still not going to get to a point where I'm going to get bored of Champions League football yes I want to win trophies yes I want to win the league but you can't ever get sick of hearing the Champions League anthem especially in the new ground cap no absolutely not although I think my experience of the Champions League draw is probably a bit different to yours Ricky because mm. I'm trying to surreptitiously watch it at my desk at work oh. without my boss seeing right and it's buffering <laughs> all oh, the time no. it's really goddamn annoying and they don't half drag it out oh, yeah. oh, mate, yeah, but I love yeah. it I absolutely love it they get everyone he, the man can do 700 million languages. He, oh, that's he, that's he, he translates it in it. He's eaten that. We need to get him on because he'll know all the players' names. He's fan- but also, when the games are played and they're, you know, they're doing the flag, the kids yeah. in the middle, there's nothing better than hearing that music when the players will cat. But before the games do kick off, there has been a ticketing fiasco. Cat, please kick us off. Where's it all gone wrong? It's not, it's not really a fiasco, but there's been a bit of disappointing news. Um, so obviously in the Champions League, you have a group stage and you play three home games. Um, what Spurs did back in 2016-17 was um, look to offer a pack yeah. for those three home group stage games. Uh, it was a blind pack. So basically you went on sale and you bought it before you knew who was in the group yeah. and before you knew which days you were playing the game ones. It's a bit of a gamble, um, but it was dirt cheap it's like 70 quid for for the three matches which which was incredible um they offered it the following season as well but they put the price up a bit fair enough but it was still under 100 quid for three games 
It then vanished from view last season. Um, and the reason given was because we weren't sure when our stadium was opening and they couldn't sell a pack that might cover two venues because obviously Wembley's 90,000 and, and our new stadium 62. Mm, yeah. uh, so we accepted that and we supported that decision and it was a difficult time for them. So we're going into conversations in the build-up to this summer and we're asking if they're going to do the pack. Are they doing the pack? Are they doing the pack? Because we're just in one venue now, so yeah. we should be doing the pack. Um, and they delayed the decision and then basically came back to us and said, no, um, it had only been as an offer for the inconvenience at Wembley, which was the first we'd heard of it. Mm. We sat in several meetings with them over about a two-year period where we campaigned for compensation uh, for the inconvenience that Wembley would cause our fans and for gestures of goodwill and were flatly told that there was no inconvenience at all with playing at mm. Wembley. So it just seemed a little bit convenient now that they know that they've got... So the party line has changed. Audience. But there's another element to this as well. Beforehand, we used to get two cup credits, our first two home cup credits in our season yeah. ticket pack. So we get the 19 Premier League games and then the first two home ties. One of those home ties used to be a League Cup, and what if you got drawn at home? Mm. And yeah. one used to be like a European fixture if you were in Europe. And they wanted to be more creative with the way that they sold those group stage games for their benefit too. Because if the last game, if you're out or you're in, it's a bit of a dead rubber. So in order to maximise the sales for that game, it made sense to try and wrap it into a, into a bundle. So the reason for taking the cup credits away. Was was partly to offer this pack. So we've now gone back in and said, if you're not offering the pack, we'll have the credits back, to which they said no as well. So it just feels like, yes, the new stadium's amazing. Yes, everything on the playing mm. side looks so positive. Mm. But the club has been quite short-sighted in the way that it treats its season ticket holders and yeah. its members because you're not always on the way up and there will be a time that we're on the way down and they'll need us. And I don't like to feel that we're being exploited. Which is a bit how I do feel. John Kelly, it's a qu- I wanted to ask you, there's only been one question I saw that came back, and I'm in agreement with what you're saying. I, I totally agree there should have been an element of, like I say, a, a multi-package there. I, I definitely think so. It went so it went so successful when it yeah. was selling. That's the thing, you know, Spurs fans were lapping them up, and I, say, I think there is that element there that at the moment everything is going well, and of course you want to jump on the shift because Tottenham are doing really well, but there has been times, you know, not too long ago that, you know, the fans have always stood by the club, no matter what situation it's been in, there'll always be Spurs fans there. Mm. But there is that question out there that certain fan, fans are saying that without having the package there, they're getting the opportunity to go to yeah, more I games. Think, do you believe, they, do you no, buy that? They, they've completely misconstrued, they misconstrued that, that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So, um, to, be, to clarify, mm. whilst the pack was available, yeah. a season ticket holder could also buy individual games that, if they could make yeah. all three, if yeah. they work shifts or whatever, it's simply gamble for them uh, what's going to happen now is that the season ticket holders will still be offered first of course yeah, the yeah. chances are that they'll buy most of them it won't be a blind deal so they'll know if yeah. they can go or if they can't go all mm. that will happen is they'll be ending up paying 70 quid each instead of 70 pounds for all three and the number that are available for members will still mm. be the number that was available for members members were also offered that pack by the way so they're also being right. diddled out of a good deal so no, I mean, we won't it's highly unlikely. It's not like the general yeah, no, sale, is it? That's of course thing. not. No. We, won't, we won't be able no, to no. magic more, more seats up. But then you get to a larger conversation about the ratio of season tickets and member seats and general sale seats in that stadium, which we were on record saying we think they sold too many season tickets because mm. the, the balance seems to be a little bit in favour of season ticket holders and not enough in favour of members. Mm. There's 42,000 general admission season ticket holders, 8,000 premium season ticket holders. That's 50,000 plus your average 3,000 away for a Premier League game, it doesn't leave that many for your your members, and that that's the issue basically. Do, do we see any alternative from the club 
in the pipeline at all with this, or is it now done? Is that it? In terms oh, into of the Champions League? Yes, is that, is that it? I mean, we'll keep pushing for it, but once they've withdrawn it, it's highly unlikely mm. they'll put it back again. And we've made it very clear to them, both directly and in our statement, that we're extremely disappointed with that decision. Uh, we don't agree with it. We'll obviously raise it again in our next meeting with the board. In terms of the season ticket members ratio, <laughs> there's not much they can do now. Mm. It's one of those, if you, if you draw that line in the sand, you can't really reverse back from it. So that's a long-term problem, I think. Is this just a the case then, Kat? I mean, I am obviously coming from an outside perspective that Tottenham now, they've, they've paid for this new stadium a lot of money. We need to make this money back somehow. You know, we know Tottenham, you know, very attractive option. People are going to want to go to the stadium, want to go to these games. They're the Champions League games. We need to make the money up. We can do it, so we are going to do it. Yeah, and I think, you you know what, I think you're right on that, but just yeah. because they can do it doesn't mean that they should Oh, no, I completely agree, yeah. It. And when you, when you look at the money that they're making from the catering sales, it's something like £800,000 before each Premier League game, each home game. It's nuts, honestly. The, oh, after the, the game, I saw videos of yeah. Tottenham yeah. fans still drinking well, in the stadium after the game. nine o'clock at night when the yeah. kids yeah. out. Yeah, crazy. It, it's, it's mental. You look at the yeah. broadcasting money that they get now. You look at the money well, it, they took out of the Champions double, League It's still a double attendance for Tottenham, isn't it? It's, I mean, look at the attendance. It's yeah. double from what it would be the previous year. Yeah. And they, they've true, also true. gone from 3,000 to 8,000 premiums. I think it's £30,000 for one season in the Tunnel Club. For one seat, right? OK. They... We always try to get them to um, do, do a stretch pricing policy, to implement a stretch pricing policy, which basically meant they can charge whatever they want for the premiums at the top because mm. there's only so many people who can afford that. And if they want to pay £30,000, crack on. Yeah. I'm fine with that. But providing that it gave the people at the other end of the financial spectrum a little bit more flexibility, it's, that's called stretch pricing. That's what they were meant to do. They didn't stretch it anywhere near enough. In fact, no, they probably stretched it very, very well at the top end, but didn't quite stretch it enough at the bottom end so then you know to, to charge this much for cup tickets on top of what are already the most expensive season <laughs> yeah, tickets in the country right. is a bit of a slap in the face cat yeah. to ask a question where i may sound silly but there's no fear there because i've already done that but <laughs> if i can ask do they sort of do these and make these decisions and then you know people will be up in arms fans are up in arms the board will speak and then they think in four weeks time the get the draw will be out the games will be back and this issue would have blown over and no one be talking about it again think, so no one will care again I do think, they do that a little bit of time? i think they rely on on fan apathy, which is probably our biggest enemy. So as somebody who co-chairs a supporters organisation that, well, fan activists, basically, we need people to get off their asses and people to speak out and to stand up for their rights as fans. You know, there's this whole thing, you know, fans, not customers. I actually think it's probably the other way around. Mm. We're customers, not fans, and fans. Customers... Yeah. Can you explain be, that? Yeah, customers would be treated a damn sight better than fans are. If you are a customer, then you've got various rights. Mm. You're not, they normally want to retain your business. You're normally treated with a little bit more respect. A fan, well, they know that you're not going anywhere else. Yeah. So yeah, I think so it's probably a combination so of true. both, mm. to yeah. be honest. I've never even thought of that. No, yeah. It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. So, so true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that they rely on the fact that you're, you're absolutely right. That isn't there won't that be enough wrong with momentum. football, though, Kat? Isn't that where we're going wrong? Well, there isn't enough people speaking up. That and that we're, we're, we're always going to be fans, you know. You know, the Newcastle fans, that they're all, that too committed to the club, far too committed to the badge. That's where the lifeblood of every club and where mm. the lifeblood of the sport and there is, you know, a, a slogan, uh, football without fans is nothing and it's absolutely mm. right. Mm. I don't think we should criticise others or look at ourselves for being too passionate or too loyal or too committed. I don't think that we should have to apologise for other people exploiting that, but we should stand up for ourselves more. Mm, the uh, reality is also, I think, and following what Kat said, 
there's a huge amount of money now in the game which wasn't there maybe in the 90s and obviously that I think has changed a lot now when you look at the fact with agents now and players how much agents have a say in where players go and what what an agent can make now in a deal taking a player from A to B that's the where the game has completely changed now and I think you have to take the fact into it now that these players they're so protected um, in terms of those of their entourage around them and you know what we know it's like that when mm. you're in the media and you do like say podcasting or you do anything in this you know what it's like that with, with players and interviews and stuff like that so I think, to a degree, money is a big factor in everything, and especially at that stadium. You know, they they will try their very best if they can to save. And unfortunately, fans are the ones that always suffer in the end. Well, we could talk about this for hours, I feel, definitely, especially as the Champions League is upon us. Well, it isn't the only issue for the Supporters Trust, because next we're going to be talking chips. Love sports. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Higgins. I've been joined by the last word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand, and very special guest Katrina Law from the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust. We, of course, were talking a little bit about the ticket ticket issues. It's not a fiasco, it's just an issue. We're extremely disappointed. We've been lobbying hard. We're trying to get it changed. Now, though, is the really special, it's very serious, this. it's justice for chips, isn't it, Kat? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really delighted to say, Charlie, that we now do have justice for chips. Yes! Yes! Come on! Already? Absolutely. Whoop, whoop. It's all good. So, um, last season... Chips is safe. We, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we played seven games in our stadium, new stadium, last season. And one of the things that, that struck a lot of fans was that you were able to go and buy chips with a burger, chips with chicken, chips with fish, chips with tofu, which I'm sure would have been your first choice, Charlie. Mm. Uh, but you couldn't buy chips on their own. There were no solo chips. You could not Tragedy. buy a portion of chips. And it rankled a lot of us, and we thought it was a little bit crazy that they wouldn't do this. So we spoke with the caterers, and we spoke with the board at Tottenham, and we basically lobbied fairly hard, and I even went to the length of putting the chip emoji on my Twitter handle as a sign <laughs> of protest. Hashtag back chips. Hashtag J4C, justice for chips, yeah. all over that. <laughs> and, and basically in our catering surveys, which we roll out each month, and we feed back to Levy Restaurants, no relation, who are the caterers at the Spurs mm. Stadium. Uh, there's a, you know, a, you know open text field and hundreds of people were like, you know, solo chips, chips on their own, justice for chips, blah, blah, blah. So I'm delighted to say that on Saturday, we've got our wish. Woo. They are now selling little solo portions of chips, well, the £3.50, but come on, we've just discussed yeah. how much money they're making. So <laughs> yeah. £3.50, little portion of chips with its own little ketchup or mayo or vinegar or salt and everything. It was amazing. I was like a proud mum. How proud are you, Kat? When you're going so to get a picture of them, just like little like, right, so you've got to get a picture Mate, now. So. Absolutely <laughs> well. And I was watching fans walk around with them on Saturday oh. and I literally wanted to run up to them and hug them. It was oh. so exciting. Well, I know. If you're going to the games and you're enjoying those chips, it was because of that movement. So yeah, absolutely. Fans Right. It really was. It's probably my legacy. I think it'll be <laughs> on my go. grave it's not a bad one. <laughs> the whole lot. It's not as good as Darren from EastEnders. So there you go. <laughs> well, it's not as good as the one show. People go on about the one show, but this is what we're bringing you here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Political stuff here. Spot justice on. for chips. Yeah. I don't chips. want to hear about we... debuts and players. <laughs> I want to hear about justice for chips. And Thanks, we've got mate. them. Solo got chips. It. Exactly. exactly. And is the sauce, is that free? We don't the, have to pay the, extra no, on the, the free No, the sauce is free. Oh, it's all coming together. And you get a choice. You have a smorgasbord of sauce. Mm. What could the next movement be? Hashtag cheesy chips or oh, maybe or chips and gravy? <laughs> That's a bit too northern for me. Uh, I'm northern, you see. So oh. there you go. chips and gravy <laughs> might be quite nice. Um, it's curry sauce. Mm. Is that too northern too? Yeah, I'm not sure. Right. So, so cheese. 
Right, okay, well, I'll um, work on yeah, that one, mate. Yeah, we'll see, yeah. Well, we never got our cheese ring, though, did we? That was a no, huge that, disappointment. that was the funny thing last season. We're going yeah. on that so much. We never got the cheese ring in the end, Jay. Yeah, very disappointing. Yeah, very disappointing, wasn't it? Okay. Well, I, I know you deal with very serious Tottenham issues. You speak to the board. Kat, how, how hard is it to get things across for the fans? I know this is one of them, but are you inundated all the time with what fans want and to keep them happy? Is that hard, getting those across to the board? Um, I mean, I've been doing this for six and a bit years now um so i'm a fairly old hand we try and make ourselves as accessible as as possible and so you know we encourage fans who have got an issue or who had a bad experience or want something clarifying or just need some advice um to email us it's much better to when do you it say on advice that like marital advice <laughs> or what should i wear, wear tonight all of that all of it exactly. brilliant okay, all right. of it all of it so we, we have that channel we take on a lot of individual casework so fancy might have been ejected and facing a banning order or even are in trouble with the law we'll offer or we'll provide them we'll link them up with some free legal advice um so we, we do that we, we operate a very interactive twitter account uh, which can be a joy and can also be a curse mm. um and we try and handle as many questions as possible as we can on that platform a lot of them are ticketing questions and that's really the fault of the club for not having a a better functioning ticket office um so we'll try and do those but they're mainly supporter services and ticketing inquiries we run a survey each year which we had four and a half thousand fans complete in in june of this year just gone which is a really statistically robust data set and we'll ask everything around the entire fan match day experience and around enoch and how we think that their stewardship and governance of the club is and the on-field transfer policy academy policy us how we're performing and all that kind of stuff so that's kind of a good way to get the feedback and ahead of each meeting with the board of Tottenham uh, we will open up to our members and to the wider fan base to email us in with questions that they want us to put to the board so that's the way that we include everybody we also hold regular members meetings so face to face we'll speak at those meetings and find out what you know their, their main issues are and and if we need to justify a position or we need to get a mandate for something we'll run various polls etc etc so we do our best to try and keep in touch and obviously we're regular match goers and that really helps so you, casually at a game or before a game or at half time you will always always have people coming up to you saying well yeah well i've got an issue with this and what about that and x y and z so you you really do get a very good barometer of mm. fan feeling across the entire board which is quite helpful is the best way to get in touch through twitter or calling a number or website how will a tottenham fan get in touch yeah with you? so we, our website is www.thst official.com um there's forward slash membership if you want to sign up uh, the twitter is at thst official um so, and our email is info at thst official.com so email or tweet us are probably the quickest ways to get in touch with us Kat, yes. you know for the membership just basically explain yes. the reason how much it benefits you guys with more members yeah so we're completely self-funded we're we're independent of the club um, we are a formally, you know, constituted, uh, democratically organised uh, community benefit society and we're self-funded. So we rely solely on membership money and donations in order to exist as an organisation. Now, we don't own any premises and we don't pay any salaries. We get nothing for doing what we do. We don't, we're not remunerated in any way. But obviously it costs money to run an organisation. Uh, you, you know, just you, you need to be able to pay your hosting costs for your website. You need to be able to pay for your mail outs you need to be able to pay for your survey monkey license we, we'd pay out of pocket expenses if people have got to travel to meetings and and that kind of stuff you know we we might need to use uh, we get graphic design stuff done 
you know, for free from a nice guy. But, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. There's always costs and a membership of various trade associations that we need to pay for. So the more members we have, the more of a float we have, which allows us to do more work so we can campaign better, we can be more professional in our outlook, which is really important because there's, like, no leeway. So, you, you know, the, the club won't give you any leeway for being a bunch of volunteers they expect you to be operating in those meetings on the same level as them which is tough it's difficult so that's kind of why we we, we need membership and we need the money in terms of being a member you need to be a paying member in order to vote in elections and in order to stand to join the board and to stand in, in elections yourself if that's of no interest but you want to give us some visible backing then we do an associate membership for free so you just can't vote and stand but you know you, you can say that you're a member for nothing mm. The, what they, I say Cat Martin do and we, we love having them on here is because they actually yeah. bring us close to the club yeah. without knowing, massively yeah I feel like I've learned tonight yeah I, mean, I say without having us Cat and Martin that connection we have they are the guys that yeah. actually you know mm. we, we you've lobbied so hard for so many different things for Tottenham and you know these guys they work like I say tirelessly yeah. Not paid. They do it for the love of the club as well. And I say it's honoured. Like I say to have Cat when she comes onto the shows of mine as well because we are now getting closer to the football club purely because of these guys and that ball's hard work to make it happen. Mm. No, genuinely, if we want to keep making that bond stronger as well, please join where Cat said. Get Thank in touch. You. Yeah. Join. You don't even have. To, it doesn't cost if you just want to be an associate member. Yeah, so that's please, fine. Any little we'll, help. We'll welcome all of you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm delighted to say that uh, we are. We have been joined by Adrian. Adrian's corner. If I'm allowed yes. to say that now, being part of the show, but uh, he. It, <laughs> It's on the issue of ticketing issues, and he does have a few questions for Cats. Cat, we've, you know, we said we'd delight to have you here. So hopefully, you can take them. Adrian, thank you for joining us. How are you? Fine, thank you very much. Thanks for taking my call, Katrina. Is there any chance of it being raised with the board that uh, they do away with the 1882 club in the South Stand, and we have cheaper tickets or a season ticket for members who are more likely to sing? Mm. Okay, so the 1882, yeah, that was a bit of a controversial decision, wasn't it, last season? Uh, we weren't consulted at all, uh, it, which kind of indicated to us it was a bit of a last-minute decision to offer those up. Um, I actually have been quite daft. I hadn't realised that the 1882 was not just the year that we were formed. There's, there were actually 1,882 seats. So that's how many were in the 1882 club. So there you go. Um, my initial reaction and the, and the Trust Board's initial reaction was, exactly as yours has been which is get them out of the south stand yeah. they won't contribute anything to the atmosphere they'll be stuck in these suites and these lounges until like you know 20 minutes into the second half and there'll be massive holes in our big wall that's meant to be you know rivaling Borussia Dortmund and whatever else yeah. what's actually happened is that the people who have bought those tickets that we've had contact with who've been numerous are just like the rest of us. But they were too far down in the phasing to actually get into the South Stand any other way than paying 2,200 quid. A lot of them have overstretched themselves and they would dearly love to have that package removed and be able to pay what the rest of us are paying in the South Stand, what I'm paying 975 quid. So they're paying way over double. The experience that they're getting is massively below par. They have got the most basic, I can't even say it's a lounge, it's a room, basically, where they're given tins of Beaver Town. They're given barely any food choices. We've had a string of complaints. They, the club tried to remove their hard copy programme as well, which was part of the package. So these guys are, are not getting the greatest deal, and that's something that we've now gone back in and lobbied for. We did at the end of last season, because if the club have established this package and they sold it to people, then they should deliver on it. It's, it's not 
right that they're not. Mm. But in terms of them not contributing to the atmosphere and in terms of them being some kind of different elite group of fans, it's actually not the case. And their rooms, stroke bars, stroke lounges are so basic, they're in and out and they're back in their seats probably before the rest of us. So it is what it is for now. And I think it would be cleaner all round if that package didn't exist. But I don't think that the club will take it away for the reasons that we think or initially thought they would take it away. I think they take it away because it's actually a bit of a hassle for them to deliver on that package. I think it was, it was one thing I noticed on the weekend being at the game is we really only ever got behind the team um, when we started winning. And, and that's something that's got to change. Yeah. I think it's really disappointing to hear so many moans and... And that's the, that's the area that we hope will start the thing in the South Stand and it just hasn't really been that effective and I guess that it's because of the, maybe because of the 1882 club or whatever. I don't, um, I don't think so. I sit yeah. in the South Stand and I didn't think the atmosphere was bad on, on Saturday. I thought once we equalised, the atmosphere was mm. amazing in that South Stand. However, we're all looking back on White Hart Lane with rose-tinted glasses yeah, here. True. There were yeah, enough true. games. Yeah, yeah. Aston Villa, a newly promoted side at, at White Hart Lane, mm. the atmosphere would have been rubbish. So uh, we, we, yeah, we're all looking back probably. on it and thinking that every single match, the roof was, was coming off mm. and we were bouncing, and that wasn't the case. Mm. I agree with you that it would be nice to have a bit more atmosphere, but I, I don't think it's fair to say that that South Stand isn't performing or producing yeah, what it should okay, be. Yeah. I think it needs to settle, and but, people need to settle as well. Yeah. And there's still a lot of conflict going on with standing and sitting and the stewards who are getting used to the crowd demographic as well. But we'll get there. And, yeah. I, you know, it has it has been sensational. I think that also, as much as I maybe I've just criticised it, um, I think if you compare it to, to the likes of Arsenal... I think they've taken they've taken ages to settle in and, and kind of I know they've got they're trialing a drum I've just been told you know their atmosphere has been really poor and I think the you know it's been overall it's been it's been good how we've settled in and I, I do think it will yeah, take time I, and I think it's important for the club and for you know the, the rest of the fan base to give us all time to mm, organically yes, yeah. create yeah. our own Indeed. atmosphere yeah, there yeah. and our own culture there yes. that, that's really yeah. important and we've only been in there for what eight games and I think we have settled quite quickly in fairness I do yeah. think we have so I'm, I'm quite pleased <laughs> Adrian you still there yeah I'll, I'll just a follow up question Katrina if I may the uh, Sky Lounge over the pitch, when is that going to be open and what exactly is in there? Okay, so I've all the extent of my knowledge on the Sky Lounge is that I did the stadium tour uh, and they mention it. And I'm pretty sure that they said the start of next year, but I could be wrong and I have no idea what's in there. <laughs> Adrian, we hope you, you that helped you a little bit. Adrian's corner there calling up. It's great that we've got someone like you, Kat, because it's yes. different type of questions when you're on and fans get to know these things. I, I feel like I'm learning. I, I want to ask a question. I, I'll save it. I'll think of one. Okay. But of course, we have to turn our attention now to Man City because we are playing them this weekend and we're going to be hearing from Jack Ranson and getting your own preview thoughts in the studio. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I've been joined by last word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand, and very special guest Katrina Law from the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust. We've had some fantastic conversations about that, but it is now time for the opposition view. I'm delighted to say we've been joined by Jack Ranson on the phone now, talking a little bit about Man City. Jack, thank you for joining us. A terrific start to Man City. VAR or no VAR, 5-0 to West Ham. Quite incredible. The team looked like they're playing just, well, on, on another planet, a league to everyone else. It is a massive game this Saturday against Spurs. Already it feels like a crucial game, only the second game in. How are you feeling ahead of Saturday's game? 
Well, yeah, I mean, how how good was that last weekend? I think I, I think I came on uh, Love Sport before and said, you know, this is the right time to play City, and you know, how wrong how wrong can you be? But um, yeah, they were they were just so good, so good, um, and you know, the, the the feeling is good. The feeling I think uh, around Manchester City is just one of 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 total positivity. Obviously, Tottenham's a different test, so. You know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see, sort of, really what what how City, uh, you know, what they're made of, and I suspect mm-hmm. there'll be quite a few changes um, from last weekend. But all in all, I think you've just got to feel positive if you're a Manchester City fan. Yeah, Jack. I think one thing that really struck me at, at the weekend was was the City bench. Just seeing some of the names on the bench: Bernardo Silva, Aguero, Joao Cancelo. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a massive boost for you, surely, this season, having having that sort of squad depth. Well, exactly, yeah, and that's—I mean—I suppose that's the—you know—that's always the contention contention with Spurs, isn't it? That they haven't got that, and, and you know, perhaps Manchester City, Liverpool, to a lesser extent, have. Um, and I think you know we've not even seen um, you know the best of City yet, and they've they've already won five nil. Uh, it's kind of like we're in that ridiculous. Uh, situation, but um, you know, I, I think for, from a neutral perspective, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good game. You know, that's what you've got. <laughs> you feel like you're guaranteed that at least, you're guaranteed goals. Um, and like you say, yeah, I mean, the strength of City's bench last mm. week was frightening. Do you think, given your depth, you might you don't have to prioritise like the Champions League or the Premier League, or, or do you think that they will try and prioritise maybe the Champions League? I think that's the one that you really wanted. Do you think there's a chance you might prioritise or, or go really hard in both? I think if... I think... Uh, I, I, I can't see that happening. I think Pep Guardiola, you know, has a habit of winning. Uh, you know, you saw his reaction to the, to the Community Shield win. Mm. You know, even that, he was just delighted with running across the pitch celebrating with everyone um, and you know I, I can't see him accepting anything else other than uh, absolutely going 100% in all competitions that said you know there'll clearly be rotation and there'll clearly be you know different teams playing different competitions almost, almost entirely different teams I think you know I think City can do that yeah. um, but then you know then again they're, they're playing Saturday playing this, you know, first get home game of the season. Um, I think he's going to go all guns blazing for this one. He'll want to win this one, obviously, because Tottenham as well. Mm. Um, you know, I, I can't see it. I can see it just being absolute full strength. Jack, I've got to ask you. We've had some really, really interesting encounters against you guys in the last couple of seasons. Obviously, that Champions League one comes to mind. <laughs> Tell me, in that Spurs team, who who worries you the most? I mean, London Bella, you came up against him last season in the Champions League. I think it's fair to say that's where a lot of people's kind of eyes opened up to just what a fabulous player he is and what he's going to be, I hope, at Tottenham. But tell me, ahead of the weekend, what do you think about Spurs as a team? Um, who concerns you? Um, well, it's an interesting one, yeah, because, you know, um, like you say, in Dombele, what, what a sensational debut he had. So that, that sort of remains a bit of an unknown quantity as far as, you know, Manchester City are concerned. Um I'll be intrigued to see, you know, sort of what kind of Tottenham lineup we see because um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm sort of intrigued whether if Harry Kane plays, what kind of an impact he has, um, whether he can, you know, whether he's got the the attributes um, 
to to really cause Manchester City damage. It's difficult, you know, it's difficult to really see how anyone can cause them damage. But of course, you know, like like you say, last season we had the Champions League encounter. What a game that was! Um, you know, I think I think everyone just has to play to that absolute one hundred percent. You know, there's no room for inconsistency. Um, I, I mean, I, you guys probably know better than me. I don't know what what state Christian Eriksen is in to play. Whether you know, because he would be a real crucial mm. player as well that you would want um, to be going at it at one hundred percent to unlock City's defence um, and to sort of launch Tottenham quickly from defence into attack. Yeah. Uh, Deli Ali as well. You know, like he he he's someone who you want to be absolutely at his best because I know sometimes he can go in and out. Same with Lamella. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all of those players have to play completely 100% at their best if they're going to have any chance, as, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Jack, given the players that we brought in this summer, like Sessiong and Dombele and Giovanni de Celso, do you think Spurs are capable of pushing Man City a season in the league? Uh, yes. The only thing is, I just don't think anyone... I, I have to say, I just think City will win it. I, yeah, I can't yeah, see I Man City winning, winning the thing. So... Yeah. Um, you know, I think Liverpool, Tottenham can push them. To be honest, I don't think it will even be as close as it was last season. No. So I think actually, you know, last season we had that incredible title race. I think, I think Tottenham and Liverpool yeah. will struggle to keep up with the pace that City will, you know, continue to to, to set. I mean, for, in a sense, I hope I'm wrong because it was such a spectacle last season. You want it to be competitive, um, but I, I just think they are ferocious, Manchester yeah. City, and as we talking about the depth Tottenham just don't have that I think as the season wears on and like I say you know a couple of you know a couple of players who don't perform perhaps if Ericsson's not in the mood perhaps if you know Deli Alley can go in and out sometimes I just think and that that it can be a that can cost you and you cost you points and it can cost you you know ultimately uh, a chance at pushing Manchester City to the title Jack, I want to ask just one final question from my end and um, this is probably going to be a hard one for you to answer because I can't really see one where's the weakness in your team <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um good question. <laughs> um I, I think the only thing that will stop City is themselves. I think, you know, if if there is some kind of um you know, it's a delicate balance, isn't it, with the with the Pep Guardiola team. He's an incredibly intense man, he's an incredibly intense coach. If you know, somehow there was some kind of unsettled, unsettled you know, something unsettled them. Um, and I think Liverpool have come close to doing that actually on the pitch in terms of, you know, getting in, the, in amongst it, getting in the faces. But I actually mean as well, if something happened within the camp uh, and, you know, if, if perhaps people got a bit worn down by Guardiola's methods, then perhaps it could all blow up quite spectacularly. But I think, you know, that is... That is the only way that I can see them, you know, losing ground on what they did last year, the year before, um, because they've just been sensational. All the signs point to them being sensational again. So, you know, I would absolutely not bet against that. But if I was thinking of, oh, how can they be stopped? I almost think it's very difficult for you to analyse it tactically. If you to think, right, we need to do this, do that, you know, long ball. I just don't think that. I just don't think there's a way of beating them other than getting absolutely amongst them in their faces um, and you're trying to, to disrupt the rhythm trying to disrupt them mentally as well but you know it's a, <laughs> they're the greatest team of this century aren't they so you know it's a difficult it's a difficult one 
Jack, you mentioned there how uh, Tottenham can beat Man City tactically. Of course, now is that time. I'm going to ask for your prediction. And obviously, bear in mind that this is the Spurs fan show. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm hoping for a lot of goals. Like I said, I think we'll have a lot of goals. I think I think it might be 3-2 um, City. 3-2 City. It's drawn a fair enough in the studio. Jack, thank you so much for giving us a little bit of time and talking to us in the studio. Jack Ranson there from BBC Manchester talking a little bit. He said 3-2 Man City. Afterwards, it's then time for Ricky Sachs, Jamie and Kat to give their predictions for the Super Clash against City this weekend. Love sports. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I've been joined in the studio with Last Word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs, Jamie Brand, and very special guest, Katrina Brand. Katrina Brand. Brand. Why, why did I say that? Yeah, Katrina I mean. Law from the Tottenham Hotspur supporters. <laughs> Do you know why I'm trying to play it so straight and I just gave you a different name? But it's fine. <laughs> uh, we are talking, of course, Man City. We just had Jack Ranson on the phone who said Man City are the greatest side in a century or this century we've had a little debate about that in the studio we're not quite sure very good side but there are a lot of sides in different leagues quite a strong statement there but they are flying at the minute and it is now time for a prediction from you three for this Saturday Ricky I'll start with you Spurs v City on Saturday how are you feeling? Nervous uh, I am going to probably go for a 1-1 draw which I would take definitely take mm. a draw the way they've started I think will be great for Spurs if we can get something up there I think that would really kind of carry on the momentum for Spurs because, I mean, again, I think it would be dependable on what team we see. I don't think Ali's going to be fit from what we understand. I think Ali's close Ali's, to fit. No, Ali won't play. Ali won't be playing. Um, so, again, what will Peters, is he going to stick it right back? Yeah. Uh, yes. A big decision for Pochettino. I want to sit here and say that Spurs are capable of a, of a draw at least if they put out what I consider to be their best team and that's with Jan Vertonghen in there at centre-half. So, for me, a lot of it is hinging on the team selection. I don't know what you think. Cat, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm going to have to be consistent because I did another podcast early this week and they asked me this question, so I can't like, give you a separate answer. Um, I, I'm going to go for a pragmatic 2-2. Oh. Um, I think that we'll score, but I think we'll also concede. And, and if we can get away with a point, I will be highly delighted. Mm, yeah. It's a tough, tough test. It really is. Although our head-to-head against City is still super good. It's really good, isn't it? Yeah. Lost our last, it I think, unfortunately, we lost our last four. three. That, uh, I think four. Uh, we, three, we lost the last three and we drew the one before that. Have we? So. Right, I'm going to bow to your knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's difficult. Um, I, I was going to say two all. I think um, for, a, for a website, I did predict 3-1 City. I'm going to get a lot. I'm gonna I'll get be lot. honest, if you lot keep mentioning other lot. pods and other websites and no, other shows, yeah. it's only about it's this one. It's a Spurs fan Last word on Spurs on Love Sport Radio. Come on. There we are. Okay, two, oh, I'm going for two all then. Um, yeah, look, I mean, it's this is a massive, massive game for Spurs. I don't need to say <laughs> I that. thought he was going to yeah, say winning. <laughs> We've done a big like, build-up. He we went, yeah, here we are. Love Sport Radio. And you went, yeah, two all. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was like, it was the most anticlimactic score ever for Spurs. Oh, I wanted like a 5-0. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I apologise. Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult because, um, look, if Spurs are genuinely serious about um, being in the title title race this season, we've got to go and get a result here at City. We can't afford to sit behind early on. They're going to be such a they're going to be such a difficult team to beat this year. I mean, look at Liverpool. The way you know they were such a brilliant team last year, and to still finish behind them, 
you know, this is going to be... You've and really I bloody loved it. But I've got a great memory about winning up there. And it's not that long ago. It was in yeah. the Leicester season and it was yeah. Valentine's yep. Day. And Ericsson. I, I cried. Yeah. Literally, I was so thrilled. Yeah. And we went second in the well, league and it was amazing. I celebrated that goal after what happened in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like maybe I'm a little bit strange. Spurs have a decent history of getting results at the Etihad. I feel like City can be fanned out at the Etihad. Palace went up there and won. Yeah. They're yeah. more like Leicester. vulnerable in their own home not just that, that I think Pochettino has also got Guardiola's number he, on a few occasions this yeah, is not going to be yeah. easy you know, and that chap on the radio just a minute ago just turned around and said it's the best team of a century it's a big statement to make and, you know City fans as cats they're getting, they're getting a bit more arrogant they're getting arrogant with all these trophies and all the money going in the squad and I think at the moment listen they are favourites of the league there's no doubt about it they've got a wonderful squad there but don't be it, don't be fooled with the Premier League also it's an unforgiving league anything can happen we've got quality players Spurs have got real quality players if their best players turn up then you can never ever predict yeah. in football I mean Undumbele you know he was one of the guys that last season he tore City to shreds yeah. he really did when he played up against them at the Etihad so I think anything can happen in football but I would take a point Take a point. All right, well, there's goals in the game. I'm not quite sure. I, genuinely, I could make an argument for all. I do think City are just on mm. another planet. Uh, not too sure about best team this century or in a century. I think City will nab it. But if, if Spurs won on the weekend or it was a draw, neither result would shock me either mm. way. All I can be sure of, I think, is goals in the game. There are going to be loads of goals. I just want to quickly ask you now. I don't know if you saw uh, Mourinho's comments from the weekend. He was talking about uh, teams that could win the league. And he said there are four teams that can win the league. City, Liverpool, Spurs, and City second uh, second eleven. What do you make of that? I mean, it just shows you why they are. It's the depth, isn't it? You say it there. It's, it's the depth. Yeah. City's six yeah. aside team would be would be, would be up there. For know, the league. It's, it's crazy that they can go and um, obviously after all they did last year, and then to go and strengthen yet again. They brought in a new right back, a new holding midfielder. You know, it's, it's just yeah, impossible it's, it's, to. It's what, what happens when you back by a nation state? Well, mate? No, yeah, that's yeah. Well, that's, that, that's the problem. Yeah, no, it's, well, not, that... it's not a fair playing field. No, mm. well, I think um, I saw I saw West Ham West Ham fan. It was um, he was saying it's just you know it's it's killed the competitiveness of the. Yeah, of hang, the on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry. Don't get me going on West Ham <laughs> when they don't pay for their blinking stadium. Okay. Even the Spurs, I think what we do like. I mean, what I do enjoy is the fact that because we we always try and grow organically. We're trying to yes. do it a certain yeah. way. Yes, we and are. I think what we do love being a Spurs fans is being proud of trying to do it. What, what yeah. I like to think is the right way. You know, you're coaching players. You want to make them better. And if you can add a cut of stars on the way that can get you over the line, that's what it's all about. And I think Spurs now. This is the most frustrating thing because mm. we feel we are so so close and a link to what obviously Martin's book is going to be one step away from glory I think along the lines of yeah, I think yeah. that is where Spurs are at we are so close now that you can yeah. touch it and we are yeah. going to get there eventually God we're going to get there under this manager fingers yeah. crossed because we are like I say inches away from it now Jay it's, yeah, it's just so, it's so painful to see all the work that he's done over the last five years and have nothing to show for it we've got an algae just... cup Oh, yeah, sorry, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, and the International Champions Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People forget about that. What do you want? Oh, exactly. Um, no, We're not greedy on here at all. <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, you know, it's, it's a big ass deal this season to, yeah. to win a major trophy. I think that's clearly what Pochettino wants. He's, I mean, he did kind of change his stance. Over his comments the... this week, I kind of, I liked what he said when he came out and actually said now, I mean, we'll believe his words when we see his cup selections, to be honest. But yes. yeah, when he has come yeah, out and said yeah. the fact that now he does admit that, you know, an FA Cup or a Cowboy Cup would go some way. And I think, again, we've had it on the show before. We've had the likes of Andros Townsend's dad on Troy who says, you know, to get that first trophy, once you get that so first key. one and you know how to win one... 
then I'm that kind is... of irritated by this though because we've all known that as fans mm. and so for Poch last mm. season to put out that selection at Palace was mm, just yeah. a disgrace to be mm. honest and then his whole attitude about it just builds ego <gasps> um, uh, don't then do an absolute 180 on us yeah. as fans as fans the FA Cup especially has always been of massively course, yes. important yeah, yeah, yeah. to Tottenham and to, to dismiss it that way yeah. shows mm. a complete lack of understanding as to what makes our fan base it was, tick. It was yeah. difficult last year. I think when we did play Palace, we played something like three games in the space of nine days or ten days. We had the Chelsea... We, we, I know we got knocked out of both domestic cups <laughs> in the space of three. <laughs> so that true. went really well. It's difficult because then we did go and beat Watford, which obviously I think was Woo. a massive... <laughs> well, yeah, I know, I know. But I think... the. the we wouldn't have got players in like Ndombele, the cell We're crying out for trophies, aren't we? We're, listen, we're crying out for trophies. We want the league. We want the Champions League. We're not fussy. We want them both. We have the League Cup. We have the Carabao Cup. <laughs> ambition. You need ambition. to go for them all. like Kat says. We want ambition. Yes. We need ambition. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the problem. Well, you are going for those four fronts. The real one, obviously, the Premier League, the Champions League is so hard. But you've got the, you're building this squad now. You mentioned there, Ricky. You know, we're one. You said the book there. We're one step away from glory. We're inches mm. away, and you want to do it the so-called right way. Can that right way only take you so far? Afterwards, and that you do, you do need that help, don't you? That extra step. Yeah, I mean, this is the problem. I mean, we saw Leicester have that fluke season. But the reality is I just don't see that happening again now because of when you look at Man City and Liverpool's investment financially. We're a much better team than Leicester. Oh, we are a much better much team yeah, than Leicester. I, I but, can't see Leicester but, winning it again either. No, no, but what, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, what I mean is at the moment, Jay, do you not think for Spurs now to try and overtake Liverpool and City, it's going to take a lot more financial investment? Yeah, but we, in fairness, as much as I criticised it, we did show that over the summer. Oh, we have. The fact yeah, that listen, we brought the players we have, in. And we will need to continue, Jay. We need yeah, to continue no, absolutely. Doing that. I think yeah. we need to show that we now are going to keep keep doing that mm. um, we, I'm really pleased with the ambition that we did show this summer as I said didn't think it would all happen in one window no. especially after uh, the, the cost of the new stadium but, but what we did do I think that we've gone a good we're, we're definitely heading in a very positive direction and um, yeah hopefully it can continue well we have nearly come to the end of the show Ricky I know you went to touch on something quickly didn't you yeah I just want to say a massive thank you for Kat to come down yes. again because it was such oh. short notice and to be fair listen we love having her and Martin on and yeah. as I said that option of bringing Kat on here also it's a massive way of connecting these guys towards the fans you know yeah. as, a, as Kat said earlier these guys are not paid for what they do um, they do it out of the goodness of their heart because they love the club that they work all around the clock. I mean, these guys, I don't know what Kat's inbox is like. She's got a personal <laughs> inbox, she's got a work inbox, she's got a THST inbox. So yeah. she's filled all the time. Yeah. And like I say, you can't like, fault the amount of work these guys do to bring us closer to the club. Mm. I just say, Kat, again, a massive thank you for coming thank down. Thank you so kind of you. I thoroughly oh, yes. enjoyed it. Oh, thank pleasure. you very much. No, we enjoyed it. it. I'm glad I was glad to have met you, Kat, and just to even hear on issues that I would have known about. And it's such a great oh, way for you. fans yes. to have that meet. Well, this was the last word on Spurs. They have got City this weekend. And hoping for a three points. We're predicting goals in a game, but glory, glory, Spurs. Last word on Spurs. We'll be back next week. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.